Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 60. I'm Graham, I'm here with Luke and Richie, and Cody was not feeling that great, so he's not here today, and then we've got uh, Tyler Herlock here as a guest, who a bunch of guys from New England probably know. Uh, I don't think I've ever met you, Tyler, but uh, uh, Luke and Richie seem to know you and have been talking about this one for a while, so... Uh, also, it is the New Year's special. Oh, it is? Yeah, okay, yeah, when this one comes yeah, out, Happy is. New Year's, so... <laughs> Happy New Year's, everybody! Um, Yay! So I think we'll jump right in. I know we were talking before we even started, you know, you're big into uh, racing the Razors and something about uh, 1,542s. I don't know, I guess start with, uh, you know, what got you into all of this, and, you know, where were your beginnings? It's always interesting just to hear about that first. So pretty much started when I, before I even got my driver's license, um, my grandfather gave me an old, pretty much an old farm truck that was sitting in the field for, I don't know, 10 years or so. It was a 94 Ram and didn't run or drive or anything like that. I got it running and I ended up going to Bristol tech my senior year of high school. And, uh, obviously everyone there is a bunch of freaking hillbillies and they had lifted trucks with, super swamper TSLs on them and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, typical like teenage built trucks. Yep. So there was some power lines after school. We used to go romping through there. And, uh, I remember when I was like, it must've been 15 or 16, right? When I got the truck, all I want to do is lift it. And obviously you have no freaking money. And I was like trying to piece together a lift kit. I'm like, ah, I don't really need control arms. I'll just buy like six inch lift coils. Like, <laughs> That's obviously all you need for a six inch lift. You're on like rough country's website waiting until they go on clearance. And uh, I think I ended up buying like a three and a half inch leveling kit or something ridiculous, putting it on in school with my teachers telling me, no, don't do that. You're an idiot the whole time. And uh, didn't realize I had to go to Waterbury after that day of school. So I hopped on Route 8 with like this leveling kit with bald mismatched 33s on the truck and the things like shaking like a leaf going down route eight with my mom behind me following me and she's like just starts screaming at me about what the hell i was doing i was doing like 65 and the thing was jolting all over the highway (laughs) um so i kind of slowed down a little bit and started looking at everything and uh like i thought 33s were huge and all this crazy stuff I thought we were doing and building these ugly, huge sheet metal bumpers and all that kind of stuff, just bombing through the mud. Um, once we started working, me and some of my friends started going to like the local mud bogs. They had an Enfield and stuff like that. Um, got invited to like some private ones we did and just saw like started put, I put a body lift on the truck. Um, I put like a, I think it was a four or five inch lift. I bought off Facebook or Craigslist or something like that put all that on and then trying to think, I think I had some 38s I bought off of what was that old paper that you, is it bargain news that we used to yep. use? Like, yeah. So I bought them off bargain news and, uh, put At them on. They were, they were groundhogs. No, no, they were just bald bias fly TSLs. I don't remember <laughs> how much I paid for them, but way, way too much. That guy was just counting the bills as I left for sure. And uh, put those things on, and we were going to the mud bogs, just having a blast. Um, we'd go with like 
we started hanging out with Robbie Don. I don't know if you guys know them um, from Sellington, like Mark Fusco. They started going, um, and like Woody Baldwin and all those guys. We started going I all the mud Woody. dogs. Yeah, so we started going with all those guys, and they were obviously way older. They didn't have much more common sense than we did because they were obviously older and they're still doing freaking mud bogs. <laughs> um, but I ended up going to, was it Grunders that was in Torrington, that tractor supply pl- or the tractor place? No, yes. Grunders yes. is the one out on uh, Route 4. Yeah, next to like that like au- like car audio place. Yeah. So I end up I'm trying to think of the timeline. I think this was, must have been after, either during when I was in college or after college. Um, I bought just barrels from them for tractor tires and uh, essentially made my own wheels. I had Logan Steel cut out centers, welded them in, and then found some. They were 12, 4, 24 tractor tires, which was like a 44 inch tire. And uh, started, kept doing the mud stuff and doing the mud stuff. And I think I was at Ultimate uh, Ultimate Off Road in Meriden. Did you guys go to that at all? I did. Um, so, fun fact about that: uh, the second one, Kish and myself were doing, or we were working in the pits and helping um, John. John, yeah, and we were hanging out with Lich. What and- is this wee shit? I got stuck in the fucking parking lot being a parking <laughs> attendant. The All right. time. <laughs> there was literally there was like one person. We were supposed to have a whole bunch of people there from like some volunteer company, and they literally all pretty much called John that morning of the event and said, "Oh, sorry, we can't make it." And there were like thirty people that were supposed to be there to help with parking, and I remember like I just met all of them, and John was freaking out about it. Um, so we were just scrounging any person that we could trust, like even the slightest bit, to help with parking or help with whatever <laughs> we could. So I must have gotten lucky because I ended up in the pits. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was, I was there with my mud truck and I was literally never had interest in rock crawling or anything like that. And uh, I think, it, yeah, this, that was the first year and I ended up meeting uh, Steve Oaks. Yeah, Steve Oaks. Like, yeah, so I met Steve that day. And we hit it off pretty good, and we freaking hung out, like, every single weekend after that. Um, and I ended up going in his Jeep a couple times, rock crawling here and there. And uh, I met Jeff Valerie from Eastern. He was the president at the time through Steve, and he was there too. Um, so I kind of started hanging out with all of them a little bit, and all of them were, like, mud trucks are freaking go ahead. Sorry, I just remembered Tom Murray, right? He was there yep. too, uh, with that sick FJ buggy. Uh, yeah, yep, that was his like super old one he had before that green one he built. Yeah, I thought the green one was the same one, but it was a rebuild. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. he stole some parts off of it and stuff. But I didn't like; I literally paid no attention to any of those guys, so I gave zero shits about rock crawling. And, uh, like I said, started hanging out with them a little bit. I'm trying to think I traded something for a truck. I can't remember what the hell it was though. I, oh man, I can't remember what it was, but it was a kid in Thomas. Then I traded whatever the hell it was for this truck. Oh, it was a Jeep. It was a Jeep Wrangler. I got 
which I traded a dirt bike I had for. It was a Y a two five YJ, and I traded that for it was a ninety five fifteen hundred regular cab short bed that was a five two five speed, and uh, that was like going to be my rock crawler. So I started to hang out with all those guys. I'm like, oh, this seems pretty fun. So I got it. Like the first day, the kids like, oh, the four wheel drive doesn't work. Took the diff cover off, and the spider gears were just blown to a thousand pieces in the front diff. So I got out the old trusty stick welder and welded the front diff right up, and uh, pulled the bed off. And I just went out into my woods. I lived in Burlington um, on like about two hundred and fifty acres, so I had trails for my quads and dirt bikes all over the place. Went out there, and I got that thing so wedged in a tree in like five minutes in between the cab and the back tires on the side of a hill. And uh, I was like, this is kind of freaking stupid. Had to go get the skid steer and have one of the neighborhood kids come help me get the thing wedged out of there, smashed the cab all in, blew out the rear window. And this is within like five minutes of owning the truck pretty much. <laughs> and uh, so I went back. Rock crawling. What was that? Welcome to rock crawling. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. Went back. I went to like, I think Logan Steel the next week or something. Bought a bunch of two inch square tubing. Built like a whole tube bed for it and pulled the seats out, pulled the dash out. Um, just put like those horrible plastic racing seats in it. And just wanted to wheel the hell out of it. I think I ended up welding the rear too. And it's still on a Dana 44 and a nine and a quarter. And uh, I wielded a bunch at my house. Then we went to... A place in Nogatuck, I don't think anyone goes there anymore, but it was called the Beehive. Yeah. Um, I heard about that. Yeah, so I went there with Steve and like Chris DeSanti and uh, Ben Atchison or something his name was oh, and man, some other kids. trip down uh, memory lane and we passed yeah. the five minute mark, so you're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I went there and that was like my first like wheeling besides being at my house and uh i had literally no idea what the hell i was doing still and i was trying to follow chris he had that uh yellow wj at the time and we were doing pretty good yeah the (laughs) banana and we were doing pretty good and we camped like this big ledge and he literally just walked right up it and me literally have like just coming from mud trucks up to a ledge and it slides a little bit and i just stand on the throttle and it literally just shoots the rear drive shaft right down the hill. <laughs> and uh, so I go back, load the car up and everything like that. And uh, I end up wrecking the rear axle on it. And I think that was the time I did. I put a 14 bolt in the rear. Um, and kind of all at the same time, I started talking to a bunch of people in Eastern, um, hanging out with them and going to events and stuff like that. And obviously I wanted to build it a little better. Um, I think I put the, it was like the newer style 14 bolt that comes with the disc brakes on it already. Yep. Put that in the rear. And then I want to say like the next weekend was the, I think it was the, what was that event that they did in, uh, RBC? No, it was the one in Haddam neck. The one that Corey (sighs) O'Brien put on. I think it was, it was just at the Haddam neck fair. I don't know if you guys ever went to that. It was I the, like did. the kiss, like the kiss my diff rock crawl. Yeah, I never went to that because I didn't ever hang out with those guys. Um, so, like, what year was this? Just to put in time frame. Jeez, 
I'd have to go back probably like 20, probably 2013 or 2014 because I still had my, my old Dodge tow rig then. Yeah, so at that point in time, we were hanging out with uh, wheeling mass holes in them. Okay. So we were going up to my bell, and I was kind of staying away from the Jeep scene because... And, like, going to those, not just Jeep scene, but, like, going to those big events because I just didn't have fun with it. And it was a lot more fun to go and hit um, Mile Marker 2, like, that old Toxville Road and uh, Ma Bell. And, like, I forget what the other property that we went to was, but we went to those three properties on a rotation every two weeks. And we just did that. And, um... It seems like we were the exact opposite then, right? So coming from mud bogs and stuff, I didn't know like trail riding and shit like that. I just knew like events. So that's all I ever looked for was on, you know, Facebook, you find an event, sign up for it, go there that day. I mean, we did like Buell's mud bog. There was one in Enfield, um, like Ellington. I think we did some in Mass at, uh, there was a farm up there that had awesome events. Um, Wojak's? Yeah, I think it was that. It's the one that, yeah, they closed down after like doing it for like two or three years. So, um, I guess I'm still technically a member, but that was one of the spots that helped to form Backyard Built. They used to go up there. That was our initial spot where we'd meet up. So that, that was like, that wasn't too far over the border, right? Like half hour or so from Connecticut. The yeah, I like 40, so. 45 minutes maybe they they had like a mud bog and rock crawl event there and they had like a little farm stand and stuff selling ice cream and shit it sounds right okay yeah uh, so that could be anything but it's that sounds like what they what sort of events they'd throw so yeah so yeah they had like truck dinos there and stuff so again like i didn't really i was kind of in club wheeling a little bit then but not very much like i would just go if steve invited me or someone um so i was at that event and it was the last year they're doing the rock crawl and they were doing like the rock crawl competitions and uh i actually just came from vermonster and i think i got second place in vermonster in the rock crawl on my, in my truck mm-hmm. and i was like all pumped up and i had no cage in it i had no doors like it was literally just the shell of a dodge with a two bed and i think at that time it was on it was on one tons with coil springs in the front leaf springs in the rear on 39.5 IROX on 15 inch DIY bead locks. And uh, I met, I don't know if you guys know who Todd Gerard is. He run, he's got like a yep. big lime green mud truck. So he was there and I started talking to him and we kind of had some mutual friends and he's like, dude, like, let's make this thing like a tube buggy. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to do any of that shit. I don't know how to bend tube or weld all that good or anything like that. And he's like, well, I don't either really, but I have everything to do it. So I started hanging out with him a whole bunch and literally one day we just went, I had a construction garage I was able to use and he came over and we literally just ripped everything off that truck, um, ripped the cab off, the bed off, everything and just started bending tube and not even looking back now, I was like, we were both freaking idiots, but uh, we were like, let's make it nice and wide. So we made the thing. So there's like a foot and a half of clearance between like your left leg and the door. 
Wow. So, like, the thing was so <laughs> wide for literally no reason. And we were just building it, and, like, we had no idea. Um, one of our friends, Kent Carbo, he was he lived up in New Hampshire. He started coming down on the weekends, and he actually he worked for, like, a custom fab shop up there, which built, like, insane vehicles. So he'd come down and help us, and he was a super talented welder. So he was welding the whole thing for us as we were bending tube and notching and everything like that. Um, and we finished it and we were so pumped. And like the day after we finished it, we loaded it up and went to Tennessee for the first time. And, uh, yeah. Um, so like I literally had no seat time in this thing. Like, I think I drove it up and down the street a couple of times and around my property. Um, at the same time of doing all that tube work, really, I three linked. Yeah. I three linked the front. And I got uh, 16 inch big shocks, coilovers, yeah. um, like remote reservoirs. But again, I still had no idea what the fuck I was doing, just kind of winging all of it, trying to find the cheapest stuff. Mm. Um, went down, I think I had to change spring rates like right before I left or something. It was too soft or too firm. I can't remember. Went down there with Kevin. We went to go load our both his buggy and my buggy on the trailer and realized my trailer was too short. I had a, it was a 24 foot PJ. I just bought like pretty much for this trip. Um, and we ended up having to cut the whole front of it off and make it longer. So his, like we ended up having <laughs> to back his tires like over the front of the trailer and made like these big saddles for them to sit in. And then we were like literally kissing our front bumpers and strapped everything down. And, uh, it was Kevin, myself uh mike K- i think mike kalo came with us and i think maybe kevin's girlfriend jess and uh we just went down there kind of had no idea what the hell we were doing that's when kev was still on 37 inch reds and a 44 and a 9 inch and all that good stuff and uh went down there and it was like trying to think of who we met down there that first year i think it was oh it was marty emerson um and all those guys like phil i, I think it's phil davis Marty. yeah so talk to him that fuck dude's me. a fucking absolute maniac <laughs> um so we we met all of them down there um i think there was some other guys i can't remember it was a while ago now who we were down there with um actually lich was down there that year i'm pretty sure i think lich and tom came down that year also or maybe they were there like the week before. No, they were there for that event because short. So like, not to divert too far, but we're gonna go down the rabbit hole. Um, we met you when I had the ZJ buggy in progress, and it was at that RBC bearings. You remember how they would throw that event there? You had. Oh had the, shit! Yeah. You had the blue I, rig. Uh, Woody yep. was there, and they were doing the car crush. And that's when Lich was, just finished his LS swap. Yeah, and he's fucking yeah. annihilated the drive shaft. Yeah, I have. A, yeah, I have a picture of him like a twelve o'clock wheelie trying yeah. to get on that car. Not an iota of was, a um, in that building. That's back when you still had the uh, the your uh, cab on the crawler, and it was just a yes. Bed. Yep, yep. And you yep. had the Dodge 60 with, uh, what was it? The tractor supply Heim joints on the upper control arms. 
I I never had track. That was Kev that had oh. tractor supply. That was Kev. Okay, so yeah. then we must have met him at that as well. But it was just like this. No, that was game. that was Lich. Lich always had the sketchiest shit and would beat the fuck out of it. And it would like I mean it broke, but he literally would have like three quarters of an inch of slop. I mean it was the tractor supply like three point hitch that you'd put on like an implement was what his upper links are and i'm like how the <laughs> fuck does this thing even hold together 43s yeah triangulated four links front and rear and this dude would stand on it to the point that he would get it to like 12 o'clock yeah he hopped from this 12 o'clock wheelie and sent a fucking pinion out of a 14 bolt. <laughs> Yeah, with like all these people who have no idea what they're even looking at to begin with. It's just like it was advertised like a car show with like rock, like car crushing or some shit. <laughs> and you have like all of our hoopties there that are barely running. Like, I remember Lich got yelled at because he parked on my tire and all of his gear oil just started dumping on the ground. So they had to like <laughs> dust the axle tubes with rags and shit because it was just pouring oil in the parking lot and everyone was bitching about it. Fucking missile. <laughs> he was such a good fucking guy. I remember he went to Roush uh, right after he got it back together from the LS swap and then blown the rear end up. And he blew the fucking uh, SM465 bell housing cracking yep. clean in half. <laughs> yeah, none of those things are that strong. Uh, but uh, that, that thing was always, like, again, with the tractor links, he, I mean, he wheeled like the most out of a lot of people in New England, and that thing had so many miles on it. But so after he passed away, um, me and one of my friends went and got it and picked it up and brought it to the Great American Jeep Rally. I think it was the year after he passed away, and uh, I, it, I can't remember if it didn't start or there was some issue with it. So I went and picked it up and worked on it for a couple of days and brought it out there. And dude, driving that thing. I'm like, how did this dude even freaking draw like wheel in the woods with this thing? Because it body rolled. I mean, you just let the clutch out and it flopped on its side. And I'm yep. like, this guy was just driving this thing like a maniac, and it's sketchy going down the parking lot in first gear in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like that the suspension was so jacked up on it, but you would never know, like unless you got in there, because he just was so composed in that thing. He had so much seat <laughs> time, like he knew that it was going to unload like hitting a speed bump. <laughs> that dude was something else, man. Fucking one of the best people I ever met. Um, not to get all sappy and shit, but he and a uh, couple other dudes, you know, Kevin, were the reason that I went from, like, I mentioned I was wheeling with wheeling mass holes. I don't know if you remember my old Jeep, but it had the, um, it was a 98 with a Bronco 44 and an eight and a quarter in it. And so right after meeting Lich, I blew the rear end at, um, topless for Tata's, um, with the wheel and mass holes. And I launched the spider gears clean, like dislodging a solid diff cover on the, was that an XJ? Yeah, it was an XJ. Black XJ that was around Torrington and uh, Harwinton and Burlington. I tried to stay out of Torrington as much as I could. Don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> it's home. Uh, 
I don't, I honestly don't remember meeting you until you had like your yellow conglomerate thing there. The ducky. <laughs> ducky, is that what it was ducky. called? Yep, ducky. <laughs> yeah, which uh, I, I know you guys don't talk about it, but did you see that freaking JK finally got out of there yesterday or the day before? Well, fuck yeah, dude. Oh my um, god, that's what, what six years overdue? Mike Savetsky's? Yeah. The orange JK? I. Oh. You know what? Fuck it. Um, I feel bad for that guy. Like, really bad for that guy because I got a rushed piece of shit. Um, I hope he didn't get a rushed piece of shit because it was there for fucking six years. Uh, yeah, there's definitely no rush. So, funny thing, right? That first time I went wheeling, like, out of my house at the Beehive, I met Mike. He was there and like, the group of guys from Naugatuck. And I, he was literally telling me about, like, he had some old Jeep, but he was going to buy that JK brand new. Um, and that was literally the first time I've ever been wheeling. And just today or yesterday, whatever it was, he got it back. Like, he literally hasn't even driven it since then. And that was my first time wheeling when I was probably 17 and I'm 27 now. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a long time to wait. <laughs> it's wild. Fucking god awful. <laughs> Um, yeah, and you know, I gotta say thank you because you're part of the reason that my new rig that I call Barry is where it is. Like, you know, we uh, it was air shocks and an anti rock for a set of tons, and that set of tons is the one that's under my rig now. That's and awesome. They've been beaten across at least the eastern side of this country. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, I mean, obviously I didn't build your rig for you, but same kind of thing. You just like meet a couple people here and there and all of a sudden, you know, it like, I mean, obviously Kevin and Lich were essentially the same kind of person, right? They'd help everyone out. And, uh, that's essentially how I got into club wheeling and stuff like that. I hung out with Kevin a lot and started hanging out with a bunch of other people. And then, you know, you're like, Oh, I got this transfer case for you. I got these axles. You should buy, I got this, you should buy, I got that. You should buy. And all of a sudden you got, you know, eight, nine grand wrapped up in parts. Yeah. And you know, uh, get it. I Go don't ahead. know how I met Kevin. Like it just escapes me at this point in time, but he, um, he invited me to come down and I think I was buying something off of him or whatnot. And like, um, we started talking and suddenly it was, Hey man, come back and I'll hook you up with a set of shock hoops. Yeah. You know, just throw me a couple of bucks for the tube and those that was on your blue one, right? Yeah. It's on my blue one. Those ones are yeah. still sitting in there and they're holding my coilovers up now. And they're like fully tied into my cage. They're supporting the fucking ass end of that shit box because the uniframe's gone. I, 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 he sent me pictures of that thing when you dropped, you just dropped it off, right? Because he did some work on like the rear cage of it too, right? No, that was Graham that yeah, did that work on the rear cage. Oh, um, so all he did was shock hoops? All we did was we, I brought the Jeep down there um, and we measured it and we bent up shock hoops. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing pictures of it in his parking lot. He's like, yeah. this kid said he knows you. And I said, yeah, he's from Torrington. Watch out for him. <laughs> that's a good fucking. <laughs> At that time, it was Harwinton. But yeah. Oh, yeah, Harwinton's all right. 
I downgraded um, to Torrington afterwards because I moved out of my mom's house and I needed a cheap rental. That's so. a perfect place to go to Torrington then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not but, anymore. Uh, well, that's why I moved out of the state. <laughs> and that's why I moved out of the state. Um, but yeah, so I mean, just to kind of go back over it, I just started wheeling a lot in my truck and uh i bought some you know tjs and yjs here and there and would wheel them for a little bit more of like a you know street driver um and then i got into eastern four wheelers and i hit it off pretty good with like everyone in there um with jeff especially kevin was pretty involved steve was pretty involved um and we just kind of all started having a good time wheeling a whole bunch together um i think it was like only a year after i joined i ended up being the president of it um jeff was trying to have a kid kevin was in every other fucking club in new england already anyways <laughs> yeah um, and i was i remember i was trying to join that and i forget what happened i think i took time off from the yellow rig to build the blue rig and then just that sounds right everything fell apart around me that also sounds right uh, not saying that Eastern's falling apart because I know they're still going, I believe. But like, yes, I just I ended up going and just sticking with Backyard Built because at that point in time we started really picking up with the wheeling. So is back? I think I'm getting Backyard Built. Is there a Barnyard Built too? I've got no clue, dude. It is. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard of it. If there is one, That's did a, Jess help you guys start? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's the same one. So uh, that's like another person who actually like randomly found the wheeling was Jess. We did a a saint. So she's literally the best. Um, I met her Todd Mester. He was an Eastern and I started wheeling with him all the time because that fucker would literally wheel every weekend and I would wheel every single weekend. Um, And we ended up doing like this huge run up in Maine. We did like a 900 mile trip. Um, we lived it out of the Jeeps and everything. I think there was like five or six of us that did it. And I met Jess there and we just had like a great time. And we started hanging out a whole bunch like that and wheeling. Um, we actually put our own. It was the pre the year after that. We put our own trip on up in Maine. Um, we think we did like 400 miles or so and, you know, camped out and tented out and all that kind of stuff every, every night. Um, but it's crazy. Like how many people you meet that you didn't even realize it. Yeah. Every time you go out, I mean, you're always meeting someone new, and then two months are like literally your best friend, and it's just wild how many good people you meet out in the Dude. woods. It's and, I mean, truly wild. Uh, like I met you, Lich, uh, Woody, and started down the path that I ended up on in the RBC parking lot. Yeah, it's like the weirdest shit ever yeah um and yeah and yeah you'd like you know you meet one or two people like kevin and lich that they know four thousand people you go to one event with them and then like everyone's your best friend and like i said kind of the parts thing people are you know always looking out for you if you need tires or a new engine or trans or a chassis or whatever i mean you go home and that night there's five people sending you every freaking facebook marketplace listing that's ever been made before to buy shit yeah you're better um, off just asking people hey if you see something sort of like I'm, I'm looking for tires or something you can yeah i i 
all the stuff I end up buying is always stuff that other people send me, right? It's just, I don't yeah. know, if I looked for it myself, I'd never find it. And it's not that I'm right. bad at searching on the marketplace, it's just other people just always seem Every, to find I, I swear everyone gets different results. Like, you can punch in, like, Dodge Ram Rock Crawler into Facebook, and all of us will have different results, even though we're all looking in the same area. Yep. Oh, yeah. That that's but, why I always have Luke look up all my shit for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I do it either because I find the stupidest fucking deals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It's. I would literally use like. I remember I used to use my phone for Craigslist when they used to have like the good Craigslist app, and then go on my computer, and it would be totally different ads. Like none of them would even correlate, and you'd search the same thing in the same area. And it wouldn't. Um, it just. But yeah, so I, I got big into the club, like I said, became the president, and uh, I mean, I was wheeling like probably pretty close to every single week, and uh, just all we, I was going to Vermont a lot, we had a club property up there, Crazy Eights, okay. um, and Deadfall, there, but I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's a, it's a blast, I mean, I probably went up there like 10 times a year for 10 weekends and we would just camp out and wheel and you could wheel for two minutes or you could wheel for 10 minutes um or all day or do whatever because you're just you're I staying mean, there yeah, no one bothered you or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a i had another phone call i got sidetracked okay. <laughs> and uh yeah so we spent a ton of time up there and then we put it together like the florida vacation event have you guys heard of that I, so we, I've we, heard about you guys doing that. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. Yes, we we put that. That was up in Massachusetts, and it was kind of, um, kind of like a super tiny fall crawl. You'd go there. We everyone would stay in a campground. There's usually about seventy five rigs, and uh, you'd kind of just choose what trail you'd want to go do th- the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd have like a big cookout, big fire. Everyone would hang out, have a good time. We did raffles and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think I was a part of that for either two or th- I think maybe it was three years we did that. Um, but we would do Old Florida Road was one of the trails you could do. Um, our private property Deadfall, our, our private property Crazy Eights. And then the last couple of years, I think we did Badlands um, as one of the properties. And we may have had one or two other ones. I think it was just like some Class 8 roads or something mm-hmm. people could choose from. Um, but we did that and I just was having a great time. Like I said, I was wheeling every single weekend and I had... I had some different Wranglers. I built like a stretch TJ. Um, I think it was like a 108 inch wheelbase, something like that, that I would drive on the street. And I love that thing. It was all my, all my TJs I ever had were two fives. Yep. Um, and they were just all, they were all two five, five speeds. And I just love those things for some reason. Cause you could get them for a third of the cost of a four O Wrangler. And honestly, I like the four O's are obviously better, but the two fives aren't that much worse no, than they're not. They're not <laughs> like, that bad. Yeah, for the price difference, it was so worth just buying a two five. Um, so I had a whole—I probably had six or seven of those things over the couple of years of me wheeling. Um, I'd buy them and either sell them to friends or part them out or do whatever. Um, and in the meantime, I just every year I would kind of cut up that Dodge Ram I had. Um, I end up four linking the rear. Um, I cut most of the tuberk off, redid the rear of it redid the front of it, redid the cab of it, um, and just kept putting miles on that thing. I probably had 10, 15,000 miles on that thing um, in the couple of years of wheeling because, like I said, we just 
go out every weekend. I end up being on Reds. Um, I put a MP435 in it with a crawl box and 205. Um, built everything myself just from kind of watching YouTube and having, you know, random people in the community help me and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I just was getting kind of bored of living in Connecticut and, uh, got a new, got a new girlfriend. She wanted to move out. I was looking at buying a house and I was in Illinois for training for work. I worked for Caterpillar and met a guy who lived out here in Arizona and he's like, dude, they would hire you in two seconds if you applied out here. Not really. I'm like, hey, yeah, whatever. You know, everyone says that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, got back to the hotel, was talking to the girlfriend on the phone. She's like, then apply if they're going to hire you. Like, we'll move to Arizona. <laughs> and it, like, ironically, like two months before this, we came out to Arizona, which neither of us have ever been, to visit my aunt and uncle in the wintertime. And we did like Grant the Grand Canyon and like all the touristy stuff here. And we're like, this place is freaking badass. I mean, there's rock crawlers like literally going down the highway, like full tube chassis buggies ripping down the highway and yeah, that's awesome. side, uh, side by sides it, everywhere. Like, isn't it so weird when you get out of Connecticut? Like, it's just mind blowing because I live at Rock Bouncer Central, so I've said it on the podcast before. But like, I've gone to work in the summertime, and there will be a dude just sitting there in like a powder-coated purple rock buggy <laughs> at the gas yeah. station and you're like i am not in fucking connecticut anymore yeah when, so the first time we went to tennessee like i was saying we stayed in the cabins and i don't know if any of you guys have been there before at winrock but you got to drive on the street for like a mile and a half or so i, I don't even really remember but we were going down the street and we all got to the general store to like get our day passes or whatever and we were all just mind blown. Like that was the craziest thing we've ever done. And uh, oh. like later that day, we end up being way out on trail. I think this was the second year because um, we had like Eric Swenson and Mark Brancieri and all them were there with us. Well, you know and Mark? Ended- too? I know Mark pretty well. Yeah, he's awesome. We've been trying he's- to get in contact with him, but down the road. Yeah, <laughs> he he's like too smart though. He makes you feel really dumb. But, uh, so yeah, we, uh, we end up just driving on the street, like 10 miles back and we were all just mind blown. Feels like the craziest thing we've ever done. Like Eric was on portals and Unimogs and 42s and we're just like ripping a 55 mile an hour road back to Windrock. And uh, I come out here and people are like, that's just the norm. And it was just mind blowing to me. Um, yeah, but it's, it's fucking mind blowing to drive what i have now and have that be like normal like yeah people are like oh wow you're not in 42s that's kind of weird yeah (laughs) pull into the gas station and people are like yo that's a sick xj like i love what you did with it but you know why didn't you just cut it up more you could still drive (laughs) it i'm like yeah people are like calling you out at the gas station like come on cut, cut the front off yeah, I'm like, it's stretched yeah. 10 fucking inches. Leave me alone. It's on coilovers. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, long story short, I end up taking a job out here. And we, I bought a new truck slightly before that. And uh, it was a 32-foot gooseneck. And we threw the Wrangler I had at the time on the trailer. My girlfriend had a Wrangler. 
pretty much everything else we owned was in totes and my toolbox and stuff and drove out here. Um, like the timing all worked out perfectly. We just essentially rented a house from my aunt and uncle for a couple months while they were back in Connecticut. And we ended up buying a house so, out here. Go ahead. How did it feel when you saw that state line and you realized it was the last time that you were going to see it with the Connecticut driver's license? So honestly, it still doesn't like even I've been out here for almost three years. If, uh, yeah, almost three years. And it still doesn't even feel real. Like I actually moved out. Like my girlfriend says the same thing. Like it just feels like we're going to have to go back to fucking Connecticut at some point. <laughs> like you're on a super long vacation. Um, but at, like at first, it's just it's so weird because everything's so new. Right. Like I remember when we came out here for my interview. I'm like, I don't even know like what fucking highway goes where or like where north is or any direction or anything. And it was so weird going to such a foreign place. Um, luckily for work, I travel a ton. So once I started working, I picked up on, you know, general direction and highways and stuff like that pretty quickly. Um, but it was just, it was really weird moving to a completely new place and not really knowing anyone or knowing anything to do or anything like that. Um, Obviously, we moved out here. I started like going on Google and stuff and uh, kind of back up a little bit. We actually hosted Ultimate Adventure at Crazy Eights before. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. We hosted Ultimate Adventure um, and Johnny Wood actually had a second gen. He's from California. Um, and he knew, again, just like a thousand names, but he knew Shane from Full Size invasion out in moab that they do shane duente he's got the uh blue third gen cummins yep um and i knew shane obviously because he was in eastern and we were both like full-size truck guys so got talking to johnny and when i moved out here i was like oh he's like literally the only person i know out here um so i messaged him and he's like oh i i would go to this place table mesa like that's when we go to arizona that's where we go um so i googled it went out there and it was literally just my girlfriend and i and my jeep and at the time it was a that it was a two five five speed tj and it was linked i think on 37s um but it was literally just us and it ended up being like 117 degrees that day and we were on this trail that i ended up going down it backwards and it was i didn't even see like the entrance to it and it ended up being called collateral damage and like five foot in my Jeep flopped on its side and it was like literally just her and I in the middle of the fucking desert in the middle of the summer had no idea like what I was doing. So I had her like pulling with a toe strap as I was just dumping the clutch in reverse trying to get the <laughs> flop back over, got it back over and I'm, she's like all pissed off and I'm pissed off and like, like we're just fucking going home. This is bullshit. Um, go home and just kind of like reevaluated it and started trying to like join clubs and stuff out here. Cause that's just kind of what I knew from being in new England. Yep. And there's really no club. Like there are clubs out here. I went to like one of those cars and coffee things against my better judgment to like, just try to meet even one fucking person that I go wheeling with. Yep. And so just typical like wheeling community. There was this guy with an LJ there. Right. And I'm like, dude, this thing, it, it was on a day and a 30 on like 42s, just beat to like, it looked like Luke's Jeep, like just beat to <laughs> shit. <laughs> and, I'm not taking that. <laughs> okay. 
And I mean, it was just raisin. And I was like, dude, that thing's cool. He's like, yeah, blah, blah, talking to him and everything like that. Well, come to find out, dude, like six months ago, I'm talking to this guy. Oh, we'll get into this, but racing razors. I'm talking to this guy racing a Can-Am. And it was the same fucking guy who owns that Jeep. He's like, yeah, I'm going out Jeeping. And I'm like, no fucking way. And he showed me a picture. I said, dude, like, were you at this Cars and Coffee event like two years ago? And he's like, yeah. I said, look at this. This is literally a picture of your fucking Jeep. This was like the first time I moved here. I came to this first thing. And you were literally the first person I talked to. And now I'm racing against you. And he's like, holy shit. And I'm like, it's literally just wheeling for you. Like, you meet so many people and come across them again in your life. It's wild. That's awesome. I but, don't know uh, if you listen, but uh, Trail Trash on Instagram, I don't know if you followed them or you've seen their stuff, but yeah. they've had a bunch of shit going around. We've had them on a couple of times, and those are fucking awesome dudes, um, but we talked to them on the podcast shortly after I got down here, and they're now borrowing my bender and my chop saw to do work on stuff for their Oh Jeep. my gosh. <laughs> and I'm going wheeling with them in March. You're gonna be so, ready, like, in March? huh? Is your thing gonna be ready by March? Uh, I was gonna be wheeling it in January, but I've got a sensor problem. Once I get to get that sensor problem, it's ready to wheel. Gotcha. It's just bogging out, and like I had a bad crank position sensor, but now it's doing this thing where it like kind of misses really shitty at low RPMs. So I'm trying to figure that shit out because, you know, Cherokee that sat for a year and a half. What do you have for a fuel system? A moto-built fuel cell with a factory pump. I was going to say, it sounds like it's probably a fuel pressure issue, honestly, with those things. Being a returnless system. I would think if it was a fuel pressure issue, it would have issues through the entire RPM band, not once you got past 2,000. My... My rock like my tube buggy i had was the five two and i just had like a inline walbro pump or whatever brand it was with the pressure regulator on it and that thing like just always ran like garbage until i would just i like i literally had to clean it out like an old carburetor like just sit there and like flog the throttle and then hold it floored and then it would run good but other than that it would just stumble and fart and pop like the whole day on the trail i think what my issue is is my distributor because I submerged it at Roush well above the distributor mm -hmm. and I never bothered to open it back up. Like we're talking, um, I've got buckets in there and we're talking the water was up to like almost my nipples. Ooh. <laughs> so it was like kissing the bottom of the dash well above the vents. And I never bothered to clean it out or figure out any of the stuff after that. I just went to wheel it. Gotcha. So, that was the last day it wheeled before. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, dude. It honestly, it sounds like thing. <laughs> it honestly sounds easier just to buy a new one and start over. It's really not. It would be easier <laughs> to LS in it and just keep going. Um, yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's my favorite vehicle I've ever owned. Um, yeah. You made the comment about how with your truck, you put like 15,000 miles on it. Mm -hmm. I bought this Jeep with 290 something thousand miles on it. And I broke 325 the other week. It, yeah. I remember you were daily in that thing after you put the axles and stuff in it, right? I was dailying it. Um, 
quite a bit. Like I would just park my tow rig and just drive it. Like I yeah, you had a Chevy, you had the park it. Yeah, well, I bought a Ford too, and then I had to park that for a while. Well, it was at the dealership, and the Chevy oh my God. crashed it that I had bought that truck from. What a mess! They, uh, it had death wobble, and they're like, "Oh, it doesn't have death wobble. You don't know what you're talking about." And then <laughs> oh I get a phone call. Hey, we put your truck into a guardrail. It's really light, but we're gonna what? replace your front bumper and the headlight. And oh my they, god. And then they uh shipped it off to the Ford dealership and I got it back two weeks later and it was perfect and I haven't worked on it since. Oh, Other yeah, than good. like a wheel bearing and you know, just normal wear and tear. Right. And those wheel bearings are perfect, of course. That's easy shit. Yeah, that's easy shit. It's like I still paid someone to do it because it was right before Harlan and I couldn't uh, be talking. come on. I mean, I guess it's depending on your warranty and shit. That is it a newer Super Duty? It's a 2012 62. Uh, oh, nice. Those are good. XR140 with 430s. That truck tows my Jeep like it's not even there. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are good trucks. And you'll appreciate this. I'm doing a resto mod on my dad's Cummins. Uh, yeah, I, I listened yeah. to that part. The one that's all rotted out. Yep. Yep. Right that's on. gonna be a fun one. I didn't know you listened. Uh, I just started like a little bit ago. I listened to Timmy's because he's a jackass. <laughs> and I <laughs> that was a surprising other one. One. He was pretty quiet to start off. Yeah, it took, like, yeah, a little bit of poking and prodding to get him going. That's because he wasn't hammered and didn't have a <laughs> in front of him. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. He's a good fucking dude too. Yeah, uh, Timmy's freaking hilarious. He, I know you started telling the story about in Tennessee, but I'll, I gotta tell you from our perspective, like when they got there, right? So we were out wheeling all day, him and his dad pulling after driving all night, and Tim's like just super pissed off and irritable, and we were all super tired from like we literally would wheel all day long there. Um, so we came back, and then I think they went into town or something, like he was saying came back and he like rallied. We were like literally all ready for bed. And he's like, fucking night run, night run, night run. <laughs> so we all end up like, all right, fuck it, whatever. Like you guys just drove all day. We'll go for a night run. We all fueled up and headed out. And we were like, let's do this trail. We've never done before. So he's heading out to the trail and it starts snowing like a motherfucker in Tennessee. <laughs> like a doesn't fucking snow blizzard. In Tennessee. Oh, dude, a, you, I could barely see the front of my buggy in front of me. Right. And Timmy, within five minutes, like, everyone has to stop and pee every freaking five minutes. So everyone's out peeing, and we're like, where the hell's Timmy? Timmy walks into the woods, falls over. His dad has to pick him up, put him in the buggy, and his dad goes, Tim, whatever you do, don't break the plexiglass. Because they just put, like, plexiglass all around the footwells of his buggy so that, like, rocks and mud and all that shit didn't come in. And he goes, what? And as soon as he says that, he like goes like stretches legs and blows both of his feet through the fucking plexiglass. And his dad's like, Timmy, I told you that's the one thing I don't want you to fucking do. And he goes, Don't throw up in here. <laughs> so we're we're wheeling and wheeling and wheeling. And we stop and his rig keeps overheating, like Tim was saying. And Tim is just passed out cold in the passenger seat, just drooling all over himself, everything. <laughs> and we're all like pissed off because we're like, this fucking dude is the one who rallied all of us to go wheeling. It's like 17 degrees out. We're in like 
some of us are wearing sweatshirts. Most of us are wearing like shorts and long sleeves. We're ready here to go to bed. Freezing our ass off. Tim's sleeping. <laughs> Tim wakes up and just like yells, what the fuck? Leans over on his dad's seat and throws up all in his dad's racing seat. I literally have pictures of it on my Facebook still. And his dad <laughs> is like, Tim, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> So we end up on this trail, dude. Like it's like two thirty in the morning after fixing all this shit on this trail, and it's like a sixty degree climb, and it's just switchbacks in the snow, and we're all on like bald red labels, and it was like the best and worst wheeling trip we freaking had out there because it was so much fun, but it was so miserable at the same time. Um, do you know who? Do you know who Drew is? He had that fucking wild uh, LJ. It was on like ORIs on 42s. He was in the Trail Slayers for a while. Yes. Yes and no. So he he was there and he was like, I am literally two seconds from fucking strangling Tim and leaving him out here. Because he was like, his shit is so nice. Like, his rig doesn't even have a scratch on it. Like, he was so perfect with the way he drove that thing and kept it. Like, he would armor all it after every trail ride we do out there. Wow. And, uh, it it was just it was a freaking funny ass night, um, but yeah. So that's the part of it that Tim didn't tell you or didn't remember. <laughs> I should say. Oh, I like that. That's a. Uh, well, of course, he didn't remember. It sounded like he was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was KO'd. I'll have to see if I can find that picture and I'll send it to one of you guys. It's freaking hilarious. That's, but, that's uh, beautiful. So yeah, we had some some great. Do you guys know Eric Swenson? Yep. Yeah. So, so our introduction to Eric was that Subaru buggy with the engine mounted to the control arms. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the buggy day that you guys had over here in Armington. Where oh, I blew yeah. my shit up. The last run of Ducky. Oh, that was. I remember that. Yeah, and I ran out of gas because I had thrown like 10 gallons in it and thought I was good. And I wasn't. Yeah, that that for, I wish there's like only a couple times a year I wish I lived back in Connecticut, and I just wish I stayed there a little bit longer because I feel like that property had pretty good potential, and we just started cutting it, and that one trail was pretty freaking badass. That buggy line we cut. Um, You'll appreciate this. It's kind of a little bullshit story, but um, my neighbor wanted to get into wheeling when I moved to Torrington. And he was, I was like, yeah, we're going to a spot in Harwinton. We'll just drive my Jeep over there. Because right. I had Barry on 40s at that time. It turned out to be a fucking work day with no fucking wheeling. So this poor kid <laughs> got fucking roped into splitting wood. <laughs> and like to make it up for him, or to him, I brought him wheeling twice to Ma Bell, and he was with me the first time I one-shotted Gatekeeper. I had that fucking okay. bat or driver tire hanging about three feet in the air, standing on it. Oh and it I'm... finally went, and that was this poor kid's introduction to wheeling. Did, did he sell his Jeep? Didn't even have a Jeep. Had a uh, uh, 1500 Dodge that he used for plowing. But he had never even like seen this shit before, so his fucking introduction was that. Oh my! I've only ever been to Mabel once, and it was with like when I first got into wheeling. Um, remember when John still had his truggy? 
Yeah, dude. That, that guy was, that was the only wild. time I've ever been there. It was, I can't remember who the hell showed up, but it was just a couple of us. And I, wait, wait, was that the day that John had the truggy? Harry was out there. Uh, Dan McPherson was spotting Harry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. So you were there for that. Um, I, I'm I had pretty that- sure. Cause uh, like, Oh, it tells like Josh. What the fuck's his name? Josh Sewitt or something. No, no, I don't think Josh Greenleaf was there. Okay. Um, but if it's the day I'm thinking of Harry blew up the uh, front axle and launched a rear drive shaft in the same day. I drove. My- oh no. It was Mo that was there with us. It was Mo and Steve. All right, so different day. Yeah, it must have been a different day. Um, cause that day I drove home and I melted the torque converter in my AW4. That was my first time ever wheeling Mobile. Oh my gosh, you were like a regular there after, huh? Yeah, I put another transmission and a Dana 44 in and thought I was hot shit on brand new 35 General Grabbers with frame stiffeners because I wheel my XJ fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, you remember Zuki Hill? Did you ever get back there? Was that, was that the one way, way in the back that like yeah. technically, it was like technically trespassing or some shit? Yeah. So it depended on what group you went with, because if you yeah. went out there with a group that knew the landowner, no problems. If you didn't know the landowner, it was trespassing. Yeah. So yeah, like like I said, I only ever went out there that once. And honestly, I don't even remember if I brought my own rig or what the deal was. Oh no, I did. I had it was like my first TJ I had. It was the TurtleCon. Um. And yeah, I don't. I wasn't even like. I think I was on thirty threes of like just a. Detroit in the front or some shit like that. So, do you know Andy Heller by any chance? Andy Heller. Um, he's got a uh, what is it? That amber or not the amber? The orange YJ with a OM six one seven in it now. Mm, doesn't sound uh, familiar. Well, we went. We were with a group that knew the landowner, so we went out to Zuki Hill, and I put my XJ my old XJ, uh, almost on its side. I crushed the door panel in, did a bunch of damage to the B-pillar, trying to get up Zuki Hill on 35s with the Dana 44 Oof. in it. And um, after that happened, we had a dude blow a clutch line coming out of there, so his Jeep was fucking dead in the water, and I dragged him in neutral up from the back. And then okay. after we got him up to the top... We went to um, that rock garden up there, and I put a rock mm-hmm. through the door and almost fucking took Kish's leg out. Mm-hmm. Luke, you're forgetting something very important. Me and you, after we got to the top, had to hike halfway back to Suki Hill to grab your fucking hood because no one fucking thought of grabbing it. <laughs> We had to take my hood off because it was overheating, tugging this YJ out. Oh my gosh. Fun memories from 2015. Yeah. 11 people drove by the fucking hood, propped up on a tree, and no one thought of grabbing it. They probably just thought it was scrap metal, honestly. They all just take it off. It is a Cherokee. Yeah. I still got Cherokee parts at my parents' house, I bet. (laughs) I'm sure you do. (laughs) Hey, did you ever get rid of that Dana 50? Uh... 
I don't honestly, dude, I don't know. There's been so many people I've just told to go to my house and take anything that's useful to them. Yeah, she should probably hook up with Tyler afterwards and see if he's still got that Dana 50 so you can get some spares. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be home in like the middle of January and you know, I gotta go through hopefully there's not a bunch of snow but she would also just left there no shit dude I can't wait for this winter because no snow it's, it's gonna be so it's so tight. it's so nice but it's so weird like it's literally almost Christmas and it's like 75 degrees out here every day dude I was driving with my buddy um, from down here and he's got a fourth gen Cummins that's tuned and deleted and all that shit and we were bombing down the highway at lunchtime to go get Chick-fil-A and I'm like dude I can't believe we're like yeah. away from Christmas and I've got the, window the windows down yeah he's yes. like, it's fucking cold dude roll the window up I'm like dude what yeah. are you talking it's about Spring yeah. weather. <laughs> yeah I'll literally come home from work and my girlfriend will be shivering and I'm like what are you what are you doing? She's like, I'm cold. Like, it's 81 degrees out. How are you fucking cold? <laughs> That's just because she's the female. That is true. But, yeah, uh... We moved out here, just kind of get back on track. We moved out here, um... Had the Jeeps and stuff, did a bunch of rock crawling out here. Um, met up with a few people, would go out, you know, once in a while, nothing too, too crazy. Um... I can't remember. There was a reason I I ended up going to Mexico um, with my cousin asked me to go down there for the Baja 1000 race mm -hmm. and not really knowing, you know, I did that one race at um, Mountain Mud Run up there was at New Hampshire, I think it is, yep. in my truck. And I was like, oh, this is pretty freaking cool. I mean, my adrenaline was like through the freaking roof. I was shaking and stuff the whole time. Um, so we ended up going down to the Baja 1000 and that year they ended up getting a ton of rain and actually the whole race got delayed and it was like literally the craziest thing I've ever done. Like even just going down there and seeing like the tech line and contingency and the trophy trucks that are literally a million dollars for one vehicle. Um, I mean the coilovers on them are, you know, six inches, six inch coils on coilovers and crazy, crazy shit like that. Um, and it was just crazy to me. We, we ended up chasing for a UTV team, um, like a factory players team. And it was pretty neat. Came back and didn't really, you know, wasn't really going to pursue it because I was kind of into rock crawling still. Um, and around that same time, Kevin actually, what the hell did he do? I think he flew. Yeah, so he flew out here and hung out for like four weeks out here with us. And while my girlfriend and I were at work, he'd take one of our Jeeps or my truck or whatever, and he'd literally go exploring like every day and come back and show us all the pictures and shit of places he went. <laughs> and uh, he ended up driving. I bought a trailer out here, so he drove my personal Dodge and my trailer and my aunt's car. He towed it back to Connecticut for me. And he stayed in Connecticut for a couple months, and then he loaded up my buggy and brought that out here for me. Um, and hung out for a couple more weeks and then flew home. So we went out like twice, I think, out here in my two buggy, my Dodge. And it just wasn't nearly as fun out here as it was back home. Because it's fucking hot out here. Like, we had no AC, obviously. Like, it's just a full two buggy. Their exhaust is, like, right by your feet. The Everything's dusty and loud. 
Yeah, and uh, you have to like build a rig to the climate almost like around here. It's yes, like big seriously. Big yeah, like I noticed that my exhaust is not bad out here, but if you were talking about out there, I imagine I'd end up with more fucking dust in the cabin than I care to deal with just from the exhaust alone. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, it was so loud, and out here, like, it's cool, right? So you can, I can drive it from my house and go wheeling, like, wherever I want to, as long as it's not, like, super sketchy to drive on the road, which mine was. <laughs> so I would trailer it to the trailhead, but, like, even the trailhead, the trails are a couple of miles from the trailhead, unlike back home where you'd go to, like, you know, any, yeah, anywhere. You unload in 15 you're feet, yeah. you're in, yeah, you're in four low already. And out here, it's like a couple of miles. So you're cruising, like the freaking thing's overheating and there's sand and dust in your eyes. And it was just shitty. So we didn't go out in it that much. And it was just sitting and sitting. Um, kind of around the same time, I ended up going to another desert race that was in uh, Parker, Arizona, which is like near, near the California border. And I met Sorry. some, like, it, dude, honestly, I fucking love California for one reason, and it's for the glamorous sand dunes. Because once you go there, you will fucking never want to do anything else in your life. <laughs> um, so we, I end up meeting some guy, some like off-road legend, Kurt Leduc, who I didn't even know who the hell he was at the time. Um, and we were just like sitting around the campfire with him. And I was talking about like, yo, it's pretty cool racing. And he actually came from rock crawling too. Um, and he knew, like I knew the owner of Skyjacker and stuff like that. I met, met a bunch of those guys from Ultimate Adventure. Um, and he knew like a bunch of people I knew it was kind of funny and he's like, dude, you're young. Like if you want to get into racing, do it now. Like don't wait. So I literally came home that weekend and I bought a razor, um, like a couple days after it was just a bare chassis, um, bought it from a kid who, you know, kind of the same age he used to race it and stuff like that. Um, it's just like the most affordable way to get into racing out here. I mean, you can buy it for, you know, you can spend 10 grand. You could spend 60 grand on a razor. Yeah. Um, just pretty much like rock crawling, you know? Um, so I bought it and literally knew not a fucking thing about it. Uh, it's pretty much, you know, they're like a thousand CCs. The NA motors are about a hundred horsepower. The turbo ones are about 160. Um, they use a belt. Take a second and talk about how fucking insane that is because you know, like, we're used to yeeting Jeeps with 160 horsepower that weigh 6,000 fucking pounds. <laughs> that thing's got to weigh what? 12 or 2,000 maybe? maybe? So my my like bigger two-seat car I had, I had a 20-gallon fuel cell in it. Um, and that one was about 1,700. The new one I'm building is going to be about 1,400. Um, and the new one I'm in the middle of the building is only a single seater also. So it's super narrow. Um, and yeah, so I had that, the first one I bought, was just a chassis. I ended up putting like long travel suspension on it. Um, so from the factory, most of the side by sides come at 64 inches wide. Um, obviously if, like, you know, the wider, the better, right? Especially for desert racing, it's all whoops and just gnarly terrain, um, so I had long travel on it, put a, it had a fuel cell in the chassis already. Um, but the price dude, like I thought rock crawler stuff was expensive. The UTV stuff is just absolutely insane. That fuel cell was $5,300 new. Like Jesus for, for Christ. Wow. Yeah. For a fuel tank, my coilovers were almost six grand. Like 
it's so just... <laughs> it's another what the fuck? <laughs> yeah now is there a reason is it does it have to be specific for a razor the coilovers and stuff yeah like? so um yeah they're specific well they're so like the ones i have you can buy just a normal shock like essentially like a big shock you know right that comes on a car Yep. Um, they're made by Walker Evans and you can buy those on like Facebook for a couple hundred bucks per shock. Like you just have a stock car and you blow it. But the ones I run on the race car, um, are internal bypass. So they have all sorts of valving and different chambers yeah. and, oh. um, everything inside of them. And they're, they're a three and a half inch shock, um, compared to a two and a half inch shock that'd come on a stock one. It's just everything gotcha. is so bigger. It, yeah, on it's, them. it's like a racing quality shock. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. You pay for. Yeah. So, this is going to sound like a stupid question, but it was one of those ideas that I was pondering with K-pop um, running a while U- ago. UTV coilovers on your Jeep? Yeah, running <laughs> the uh, 12-inch travel ones off of the rear of, I think it was a Polaris, and he was like, no, dude, they're the exact same. They've got a three-quarter diameter shaft body, and they're 12 inches long. You could pick. I could get you a set for 500 bucks, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. I mean, they, so they, I guess they are. I've never really had one side by side, but like when I still had my rock crawler, my razor shocks made those things look like a fucking tinker toy. <laughs> like, cause a normal, a normal coil, like a coil spring on the, like those big shocks I had, I think they were only two and a half inch coils. Cause it was yeah, a two, yeah, like a two inch shock and a two and a half inch coil. And now I have a three and a half inch shock and I think it's a four inch coil. Um, so they're, they're just huge. Cause like on a Jeep, right. You're going to have your, your shock location is going to be so far out on the axle. And essentially it's going to be straight up and down. We're on UTVs. They're on the chassis side. They're super far in. There's only like probably 12 inches of separation on the chassis side. And there's going to be like 60 inches of separation on the axle side which is going to cause a tremendous amount of pressure on the shock. So you need a way bigger shock with heavier springs um, and everything like that to support all the travel. Yep. Because they're they're IFS and IRS. This is super cool to hear about, especially because uh, eventually down the road, we're going to have my buddy from down here, Tucker, on who does rock bouncing with those. Okay. So I'm going to have to ask him about this shit and see how it compares to desert racing. It's close to the same. Those guys, they do like they build their cars a little differently. A lot of them still run long travel and stuff like that. Um, They'll run the same amount of parts. They have more, so they need more like stronger parts for impact loads and stuff like that. So they'll have like aluminum diffs, um, you know, a lot of cryoid parts and stuff like that, where we don't need to worry about that as much, but we need like longevity stuff. So, like on my car, everything. A lot of the suspension mounts were 10 millimeter. So that hold all your A-arms on, your trailing arms and all that stuff, which is a pretty tiny bolt. Yeah. When you yeah, think you're going cool. through like you're going through like three foot whoops at 70. Um Yeah, I don't know if I'd trust a 10 millimeter. Yeah. Bolt. Yeah. So um so like, like all I'll see why not. <laughs> um so all that stuff, like I upgraded a lot of it to either 12 millimeter or half inch. Um so there's just I mean it's pretty it's pretty similar. Right, you know, like you upgrade one thing, you gotta do a bunch of corresponding upgrades um to go along with it. Yep. But it's just it seems like they're unfortunately they're more freaking money, but goddamn dude, it's so much more fun. 
And uh, out, out here, they're street legal, right? So that makes it way cooler, too. So I ended up buying a, a new one about eight months ago. I, we bought a brand new, a turboed model, um, Polaris uh, Pro XP two-seater. And we put, like, I got almost 2,000 miles on it already. And we can literally leave from my garage, like, open my door and go do 115 miles to the desert and come back. Um, you know, go grocery shopping in it or go do whatever we need to in it. It's pretty freaking wild. That is um, absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. So in that that one, we uh, when you get them right, like I said, they all like, have small bolts and stuff like that. Um, the newer ones are getting pretty good. Like the newest model that players just released a couple weeks ago actually has an inline four cylinder in it naturally aspirated that's i think it's 220 horsepower jesus christ yeah and it'll do so like the matlocks they're a pretty big name out here that race um they just raced the baja 1000 with it which was actually like 1400 miles roughly and like it does it obviously it sounds like a lot but that's literally 1400 miles like non-stop right so you get in your car and you're driving 1400 miles at race pace um, and I, I think it was around 109 was the top speed of their car and theirs was almost bone stock. Um, and I mean, these things have, you know, huge shocks on them. They have almost 30 inches of suspension travel. Um, they're just, just freaking crazy. From the factory. They just come ready. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. The new, the new ones are 74 inches wide. Yeah. 74 inches wide. Um, my older race car I have is 72. My new one's going to be about 77 that I'm building. Um, but so I end up racing. So I built that whole car, went out in it. Like the first night I've never even drove a freaking razor or anything. Uh, my girlfriend and I hopped in it and went out into the desert, just like flying, having a freaking blast with like just the normal headlights and shit. And we came over this crest and just dumped it into a puddle like that 40 literally just landed smack dab in the center and it like was just getting it was just getting dark and it was so fucking cold like it just made it so shitty so we just ended up cruising the road all the way home and kind of went through the whole thing and uh i ended up joining up with a racing team out here they kind of like taught me you know the do's and don'ts of everything um like what you got to do before each race and during the race and how to drive the cars and stuff like that. They helped me out a lot. And uh, I ended up racing this whole past year in my own car. Um, it's a two seater, but I only race by myself and I actually ended up winning my whole class this year. Um, I just had my awards banquet on Sunday. And by the way, major congratulations on that. That's pretty fucking awesome for a rookie. Yeah. So I, I was super, like it's not a crazy competitive series I was in. Um, but it was still just kind of cool. Like I essentially just wanted to prove to myself that I could like win the year. I knew I could. Um, so what series is it? So it's called AZOP. Um, there's not really anything that compares to it back on the East coast. Um, but I think we had like nine or 10 races this year. So the races will go from like, like literally there was a few races. It's like a motocross track that you're racing on. So I'm like jumping the shit out of it. And then the last race I did was a hundred and 147 miles. Um, so, I mean, you're at race pace, just like mob and whoops and, you know, huge Sandy berms and everything, um, for, you know, almost 150 miles nonstop, which is 
doesn't sound that much until you're in the car for like 20 minutes and you're already freaking winded from driving as fat. Like just imagine trying to drive your Jeep as fast as you possibly can. Like you literally get tired in 10 minutes. Yeah. So when I did the four link riding with Graham, fucking weirdest driving experience I've ever had because it was almost effortless. But at the same time, you're freaking out because you don't want to end up going off the side of Harlan. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta imagine it's the same. Yeah, so I mean, the, it's crazy. Like the the big issue out here is accidents, right? Because they're just so fucking capable. Like right from the factory, you can go buy like a bone stock base model razor from the dealership, and the thing will do eighty through like a sand wash, right? With you and your wife and your two kids or your dogs in the back seat or whatever. And I mean, you can hit literally two or three foot like whoop sections and be drinking a coffee at the same time. You yeah. know, I was just happy to manage a foot whoop sections at <laughs> Yeah. And I'd like, there's literally nothing like it. Like, it's just such a crazy experience. So, like, I try to get everyone that comes out here and visits, I try to get, like, in the car just so they can. No, I didn't even know what a fucking razor was when I lived back in Connecticut, right? No one has them. Yeah, everyone no, nobody's got them. Stuff. It's not a thing. Right. Right. So, I'm like, everyone. I got Kevin hooked on it. That motherfucker went out and bought one, and he actually was racing it for a while, too, with Jordan. Um, and they were doing pretty good, too, in it. Um, Dude, I almost don't want to talk about it, but that motherfucker, almost mad at him. Uh, he agreed <laughs> to come on the podcast, and we were supposed to have him on before his accident. Like, yeah. the, week, the Tuesday after was his day. Oh, fuck. So, we were going to talk, like, racing RZRs and fucking doing stupid shit in the woods and... Right. Fucking gone too fucking soon. Yep. He took me out in that fucking RZR one time, and that thing was stupid. Uh, Not, like, racing or anything, but we were at that property in Harwinton, and we whipped right up to the top of the fucking rock section like we were not even, you know going anywhere that, that thing was two-wheel drive then too because he broke it and was fucking too lazy to ever fix it the right way <laughs> that sounds perfectly correct <laughs> but yeah he had, that thing only was, had two-wheel uh, drive for so long <laughs> that dude was such a fucking legend though he like, was i he bought that samurai buggy and he's showing it to me and he's like showing me pictures yeah i pulled a dump truck out and i blew a rear toyota burfield or not burfield um shaft up and so it's three-wheel drive but i'm planning on taking it to fnf and i'm like what and he's like yeah i think i'll throw another shaft in it but we'll figure yeah, that literally out no cares <laughs> wild i ran uh humble pie with him i think for three years in a row i ran it with him co-driving and uh the first year he was still on his dana 44 and his nine inch and i think we broke like three (laughs) three shafts and i can't remember if he was on 39s or 37 still uh reds but i just like was it 37s yeah i just remember like i was literally running back and forth to the camp to get fucking the the hub socket and then to get a shaft and then to get snap ring pliers and we were out i think we were on i think we were on everything no we were on easy street in that field and forest 
and uh, just like running back and forth. And I assume you guys know Jim Overly, right? Yep. Yeah. Overly and built. J- yeah, J- Jim was like, because they can't help. He was just up there watching, and he's like, "Fuck, I am so glad I am not your spotter because I would not want to be doing this shit, Tyler." <laughs> and Kevin's like, "That's why I invite him, so I don't have to fucking run anywhere. He does all my bitch work for me." <laughs> Dude, Overly is another fucking can of worms, too. I miss He's a Will fucking him. jackass. He is such a jackass. He is fucking such Jim. a fucking jackass, but he is <laughs> such an amazing motherfucking jackass. Oh my he god, was, yeah. He was at Richie's property and, like, just fucking spooling that 304 to the goddamn moon. Like, it was oh my no god. big deal. <laughs> Backs into his brake line, smashes the brake line off, and he's like, I've got a BB in my, like, little ammo can or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Just for this, slams it into the brake line. Bull <laughs> that sitting there, like, trying to get it going with a front dig going, blows the rear drive shaft, runs out, grabs parts in the part, or in his... Because it's overly, he can never have a normal tow rig, so he takes oh, that. Oh, yeah, it's like whatever he finds in the junkyard that week <laughs> is his tow rig. He <laughs> down to Advanced Auto, comes back with a U-joint, pounds it in in the woods, yeah. slams it back into Whoa. gear. Oh, you're forgetting, he went out for lunch while he was gone, too. He got food. He was gone for like an hour and a half, two fucking hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Comes back, hits it full of hatred, and then just moseys out of the parking lot like it's no big deal. Puts it on the trailer and just, like, beat airsoft BB in the rear brake line. (laughs) Jim is, like, the most underprepared yet overprepared guy ever. But, like, he just hates to have nice stuff. Like, anything that's nice, he sells it. Huh. It's freaking wild. So back to the racing though. Um What was the biggest thing for you getting into it? Um probably the freaking work that actually goes into these things. Uh obviously like from rock crawling and shit, you like literally tighten bolts when the nut falls off on the trail. You don't or you shear ever... the bolt off. Right, yeah, but like you I never had that happen. Like before a trip, you never go through with like, you never go through and torque all your bolts or paint mark your stuff or check like your adapters or your drive shafts. You never look at any of that shit. You literally power wash half of it from the trip before and then put it back on the trailer. Um, and so like the razor. Telling me that's the secret to having a reliable rig. Essentially, yeah. And then <laughs> it'll like when something breaks, it tells you it's broken. Yes. Yes, it does. So. Like, with the razors, I mean, you probably don't have to, but to be successful in racing, like, it literally comes apart to a bare chassis every single race. Um, so I, I pretty much manage and run, like, a, a professional racing team also out here. Um, they do the best in the desert and legacy and stuff like that. So we race in Nevada and California and Utah and stuff like that with them. Um, so I prep that whole race car for every race. And, I mean, that thing gets all new hubs, all new brakes, all new axles, um, every bolt on the whole thing. Yeah, every race, the motor comes out, the trans comes out, the front diff gets ripped apart, everything inspected. Um, The chassis gets sandblasted in a few spots to check for cracks. Um, I mean, like, 
literally from top to bottom, it gets stripped. Everything's all, you know, Zeus fastened together um, with quick pins and stuff like that. I mean, they're, mm. they're as close as you can come to like a professional race car without spending, you know, $500,000 on something. Yeah. So, um, this might be a stupid question, but do you ever just take them out and have fun? I do. So <laughs> that was, I bought that new one. Like I was saying a couple of months ago, uh, my girlfriend and I bought it and that's like our, you know, quote unquote, like play cars. That's what we'll take around town and go out on trail rides and stuff with, which is awesome. And like I said, I got almost 2000 miles on it. and We haven't even had it for a year yet. Um, but I just did kind of stupid me. I'm still like the teenager in me. There was a race in Glamis, which is in California. And if you've never gone, you have the opportunity. You freaking have to go there. So it's the Glamis Sand Dunes or Imperial Sand Dunes. It's where like Blake Wilkie and all them do all like yeah, the video shoots yeah, and shit. Yeah, a bunch of uh, videos from there. So it's literally the like I've wheeled a ton. I've driven a ton of stuff. I've done a ton of like crazy stuff. It is the wildest driving experience you will ever have in your entire life. And we we went out there last year for the first time ever and i fell in love with it but my girlfriend was like this is the fucking coolest thing we've ever done before so we just had our play car used to be just a, a naturally aspirated two-seater um and everyone we were with it was actually the people who owned the company she works for invited us out we went out there with them and they all had turboed cars so they're up near 200 horsepower and we have 100 and you're pulling these super long hills and we were just running out of power um, so we ended up selling that after like our first trip out there. Cause we just like, we just fell like right into it. Like this is fucking it. This is awesome. So we sold that car and I put an order in for a brand new razor, had to wait like six, I think it was six or eight months to get it. Um, got it. I put a K I did a cage on it. Um, lights and suspension and seats and all that kind of stuff in it. Um, just kind of like the normal safety stuff you have to do to them if you're going to be driving fast. Yeah. Um, t tuned it and ignition coils and like just everything you do to them really. Um, so it's stock. That one was 181 horsepower and now it's like 215 ish. Um, and it's so ridiculously fast. So we went out there this year was our first year with it out to dunes. We went out there twice. Um, we had to put bigger paddles on it cause we were literally blowing through our paddles. We had so much power, like we would just sit there and spin all four tires and four wheel drives. Um, put bigger tires on it, went out there, had a blast. And then Red Bull came out and they said that they're going to put on a race out there. They've never done it before. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, they've done these events like kind of throughout the United States this year. That's called like a hair scramble. They did one in Tennessee and I think in Pennsylvania. Um, I saw something know. on the Facebook about it. I don't know if it's yeah, so it, it was this past summer they did it. Okay. Um, so they were doing it in Glamis, and Glamis has been around like forever. Like the guys at work who are like you know in their sixties used to go there when they were kids, like in their Volkswagens and all that kind of shit. So people been going there forever, and there's never been like an organized race there. And Red Bull was going to put one on, and I was like, "Fuck, maybe I should do that. Like that'd be kind of fun." not really knowing like how it was all going to work. Um, well come to find out it was like professional athletes, like Red Bull sponsored and like NOS energy drink sponsored and player sponsored and all these sponsored riders were out there, mm -hmm. um, racing. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like I have no competition at all to these guys. Like I just got this essentially stock car and, you know, I've only been racing for about a year. 
also when I, this was two weekends ago, I ended up going out there and I just entered the sportsman class, not the pro class. Um, <laughs> and there's actually a video Red Bull released a couple days ago of the event. And it was kind of cool. They set it up like motocross. So there was heat races and last chance qualifiers and stuff like that. Um, I was in the first heat race and I was in first place about halfway through all the laps. And I came over a sand dune doing about 75 or 80 and clipped the top of the next dune with my rear tire. And I ended up rolling down the entire dune um, from passenger side to roof to driver side onto my wheels back to my passenger side. Um, for probably about 35 times, I rolled all the way down to the bottom of the dune. Wow. Not having no, I like just, I usually, so I wear like, wear full face helmet, you know, fire suit, fire shoes, gloves, all that kind of stuff. Yep. I was in first. So I usually have my visor flipped up with just sunglasses on. Um, my sunglasses flew off. So I had sand like buried in my eyes. So I couldn't even open my eyes during any of this. So I'm just like, you know, clamped on the steering wheel as hard as I can, trying not to let my hands go out. I mean, we have window nets and all that stuff, but ended up rolling the car. So a bunch of the course workers came down, rolled me over. Like, I thought I had a concussion. I was like, no, I'm good. They asked me my name and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, which way is the fucking course? Like, I don't give a shit about any. Like, there's no oil or gas on the ground. I'm good. Like, no, everything's dry. So they told me, like, what dune to go over. And it was kind of like nothing I've ever done before, right? So, like, I don't know if you guys remember in like older video games, like racing ones, they'd have like Ballard racing. So you'd race from like point to point and you'd like kind of be able to go whatever way you want to go. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it was set yeah, up in the like, dunes. Uh, ATV versus MX Unleashed back in exactly. the day. <laughs> you know, so exactly. The point racing. Exactly. So that's what it was. Right. And I've like, no one really does that kind of stuff. So it was the first time I've ever even like attempted to race like that. I've always been at like actual racetracks or tracks out in the desert with GPS files and stuff. So you just had to focus on this, this Ballard they had and kind of, you know, judge your way through the dunes. I mean, there, these are two, 300 foot long dunes. You're going up and down and crossing over and transferring into and everything. Um, so I ended up rolling all the way down, got flipped back over, got back on course. And I was just like putting the hammer down trying to drive as fast as I could, like two wheels in every corner. Um, and keep in mind too, they changed the, they changed the rules for this race. You weren't allowed to run paddle tires. So every person out there is running paddles except for this race. You couldn't. So everyone isn't used to how their car handles and stuff on just normal dirt tires. Yeah. That's funny. So there's, there was people <laughs> flipped over and shit. And there was like literally whole front ends of cars, like all a arm shocks ripped right out of the car, everything all over the place. So I was like, fuck, like I actually might be able to like get a decent position. I think there was 16 people, um, in my, in my starting line. Yeah. So I was just going as fast as I could. And I ended up being on the last lap and I saw the guy in front of me and I was like, I just need to pass this guy. I drove as fast as I could. I ended up passing him like 50 foot before the finish line, which put me in contention to go into the main event. So I got out and I was like, holy shit, like that was fucking crazy. My girlfriend's screaming and thought I died and everyone else was freaking <laughs> out and shit. And I'm um, like, I'm good. Look down and one of my trailing arms is like literally bent in half on my car. And I'm like, oh, fuck, like this kind of sucks. Like, oh, you know, w- won't be able to race. It was it was driving kind of weird, but I was just trying to make the best of it to finish. Yeah. Um. So the trailing arm is essentially how it. You know, that's what all your rear suspension is tied into. Yeah, um, it's, so that's it's how you really adjust your little. Uh, we saw a bunch of them. We were at Harlan. Uh, which yeah, kind of wild because you don't see them rock like the way they rock crawl is very strange. 
Like they were going, yeah, they the literally just den, and they just hammer it like belly yeah, out, full throttle, full throttle assaults all the time. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So I end up finding like a another guy who races car the same car as I had um, had a spare arm, so I threw that spare arm on and went out into the main event, and I ended up getting third place in the main event actually. So that was pretty cool for like my first year. I ended up being on the podium at like a Red Bull sponsored race. And this is the thing you um, went to. Uh, did you say like two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. That's so awesome, I ended up, I end up winning like a whole toolbox, um, like a Boxo toolkit and a bunch of money and stuff like that, which was pretty awesome. Um, but what sucked is that that was like our play car that I rolled thirty <laughs> times on the dunes. <laughs> So like the roof is all the cage is good on it, um, the I got to do a new roof on it and all new plastics and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty wild. And then the weekend after that is when I had my awards for that series that I run in and got first place in my series for the year. So, so. I'm not asking this to be rude, but was that through more consistent first places or was it like a F1 style point system where consistently placing in the top ranks will eventually edge you out to the top. I just um, don't know how that racing works. It, it's kind of both. So every most I'm trying to think almost all the races you race Saturday and Sunday and they're like 40. I think they're usually between 40 and an hour long. And I give you props for the commitment. Dude, that's literally nothing. An <laughs> hour of racing. <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess I'm just used to the shit boxes where it's like, oh, yep, pop the Dana 60. Let me go and pick up another set of shafts next weekend and I'll throw right. in a set of 1480s and shit like that. So the idea of going through full blown racing for two days in a row when I'm used to. Oh, yeah. Race, yeah. And that's totally that's different. The- that's why the prep is so important, right? Like you can go out there and just like trail riding, right? You put your front tires on the first ledge and you get into it and you blow a ring gear and you're like, well, fuck now I'm done, Uh which, which is okay. Right. You put it on the trail and you go home. But for this racing, like you're spending a couple thousand dollars, right? So you don't want to spend all that kind of money. You're not going to get your money. You're committed. You've got to, right. Right. So you're like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money to race. But it's even more money if I spend that money and I don't prep my car right and it breaks right away. Yeah. Because um, like so that- when I blew up at Harlan, it was no big deal. It was just like, all right, the parts will be at O'Reilly's tomorrow morning. I'm gonna hop right. in with Graham, or I'm right. gonna hop in with Curtis. Yeah, I was right. Broken. Oh no, I guess I wasn't at that point. Soon after the first time. Yeah. <laughs> the um, second and third time, not so much. <laughs> So it's just, it's a lot more like prep goes into it. Like I said, in, in regards to trying not to break. Yeah. Um, Cause you're, you're down. Right. So at every race, like I was saying, I think it's 30 points, right. If you get first and then it's like 25 for second and then 17 for third and it goes down from there. Um, and there's some races that are double points and stuff like that. But a lot of the races, like I said, are Saturday and Sunday. Um, so you knew you want to drive like 75, 80% on Saturday with trying to stay in first place. And then you can drive, you know, 90, 95% on Sunday. Cause you have a couple of weeks to get your car fixed. If you do break something, yeah. um, the beginning of the year I had 
horrible fucking luck. It was my, you know, obviously my first year racing. I built the whole car myself. Really, I was going through belts a lot. So that's like the probably the biggest complaint with UTVs is that they blow belts. Um, it's like a snowmobile transmission. It's CBT. Uh, okay. um, so uh, you know, it gets hot in there. Obviously, you're on and off the throttle, so those sheaves are opening, closing, opening, closing. There's a ton going on in there. They get to like you know 240, 250, um, and the belts will start blowing, and then you blow a belt. You got to you have no drive, right? That's what connects your engine to your transmission. You got to pull over, pop the cover off, put a new belt on, and the belts when they blow, they kind of like wrap like it looks like a bird, like a birdhouse essentially. It's all wrapped up in itself and all that shit. Yeah, so you got to pull all that out and then put a new belt on and go from there. Um, I just so had a ton how of long cut. are you down for a belt? Honestly, it kind of all depends on how it breaks. Um, like a bad belt break that shit's wrapped all over the place. It could be 20 minutes, um, like a quick one, maybe five or six. If you're, if you have all the tools ready, um, that's insane. Yeah. So there was actually one race I was racing in Lake Havasu, um, at like a short course style. So like more of a motocross style track. And I was in first place like three times in one race. I would get into first place and then like blow a belt pull over everyone would fucking pass me put a new belt on get back into first place and then blow another belt <laughs> like i just had horrible luck like that for the first couple of races of the season and once i slowly like started get everything dialed in and figure out um i was getting like first and seconds pretty consistent um i ended up getting covid which it was like nothing bad it was just super mild um but of course it was like one of my last races of the year and I, this, the second place guy was super close in points. Um, and the race was Saturday and Sunday. I didn't go Saturday, Saturday night. I got like a negative test and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go. Cause if I don't go, I'm literally going to lose. Like he's going to go into first place for in points. Mm-hmm. And this whole season will be just a bust. Um, so I ended up going up there. Just terrible for the day. Second place. <laughs> well, I was like, I just wanted to, I put so much money and work into it. Like I just wanted to do, get first place my first year. Um, so I ended up bombing up there on Sunday. No one knew I was coming. I showed up and they're like, Oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> and I ended up taking first place on that Sunday also, which put me back in the points lead. Um, and then I had that one last race to do, uh, that was about a month ago and just, I over prepped the car in hopes it would stay together. Cause it was the longest one of the year. Like I said, it was about 150 miles and I just hammered down. I mean, and I got, I ended up getting third overall, right? So, like I was saying with the horsepower, my car is only about 100 horsepower. So, the overall result is for every single UTV out there racing. That could be on an, an unlimited racer that has 400 horsepower and, you know, 40 inches of suspension travel. Um, I, I think it was third place overall. I ended up getting that race. Um, so, out of 47 racers or whatever was there, um, I ended up getting third, which was pretty awesome for my last race. I was pretty happy with that. Um, but yeah, they're just, it's a, it's a ton of fun. It's a totally different animal than, than rock crawling for sure. Um, I hadn't really thought about rock crawling too much since I got into them just cause they're so freaking time consuming. I got, yeah, that sounds like it would one, two, I got five of them at my house right now, five razors. <laughs> and then I got my, I, oh, I ended up building I had a 2014 Dodge that we used to move out here and uh, it's a four door long bed. I ended up 
taken the whole bed off that thing and I built like a full chase truck out of it. So it's got an eight foot utility body and like the whole rack that goes up and over the cab with storage um, and spare tires mounted on the outside and lights and all that kind of shit. Um, so for that, that team that I pretty much manage and, and race with and for, um, I prep their whole car and I also run like their chase crews and stuff like that. So we do like big races, you know, six, 700 miles at once we'll race. So you're right. You're in the car for the last one we did was the mint 400 and the driver was in the car for about 11 hours total, like from start to finish. Wow. Yeah. On the note of that, uh, the truck that you're talking about, I can't wait for my Cummins build because I want to put dual eight by one seventy. Um, I want to put Super Duty axles under it because you know firsthand just how shitty second gen axles are. Oh yeah. So put eight by one seventy axles under the truck and then put dual mounts so I can have a thirty five spare on there, but also bolt the Jeep spare on there and just like super nice flatbed setup for doing similar. Not quite the same, but yeah, kind of a cool idea for a tow rig for my shit box. Yeah, I just had like for the first couple of races, even for just my personal racing, I was just using like those totes and shit from Home Depot. And then like Sunday afternoon after my race, like shit would be everywhere. I had parts everywhere and tools everywhere, and it was just a fucking mess. And I'm like, I I've always wanted a utility body on my personal truck because I I drive a service truck every day for work. Um. And they're just, they're so useful. So I ended up building that whole truck out. And that was like the freaking best thing I've done. Um, and then drive, like driving around town, everyone's like, what the fuck do you use that thing for? Cause it's got, <laughs> I got like a three inch, uh, Carly, like long travel kit on it now. Um, and 37s and all that kind of stuff. And the whole body's wrapped and everything. Mm-hmm. So it just looks freaking sick going down the road too. And it's like daily driver get to work sort of thing as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, we I, we use it for chasing the races. So you're, yeah. I'm in the truck for, you know, 15, 16 hours at a time. And we got, you know, intercoms and radios to talk to the car and antennas and shit all over the place. Yeah. So it just looks um, insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just crazy. Doesn't... Right. And it's funny, like back in New England, right? No one even knows what a freaking chase truck looks like. You can come out here and like yeah. literally on my like driving around for work, I'll see like two or three every single day because it's just desert racing is so popular out here. Yep. Um, yeah, so I have I have that truck, and then I actually ended up getting uh, it was my grandfather's old truck I wanted like my whole life. Once he passed away, my mom sent it out here for me. So that's a 01 24 valve regular cab long bed. Um, I ended up lifting that thing uh, a couple months ago. That's on 37s too. And then my girlfriend still has her Jeep. I've gotten rid of. I sold my rock crawler about eight months ago. Um, it's actually just one kid I met out wheeling one day. We ended up like staying in contact and he's like, would you want to sell that thing? And like, I actually just posted it for sale yesterday. So yeah, let's make a deal. And he actually used, it's kind of funny. He, he paid me like halfway for it and he ended up getting married and he freaking conned his wife and using their wedding money to pay for the rest of the buggy. (laughs) That is amazing. They they came here and picked it up and she was with him and he's like, yeah, I, you know, I don't really want to talk about how we got the money. And she's like, yeah, let's not bring it up again. <laughs> no. um, but he, he's been loving it. I don't, have you guys ever heard of the Arizona undertakers? No, no. no. So if, if you get free time, you got to YouTube them, dude. They're like the gnarliest motherfuckers out there. Like 
there's like a stock rig to them is like a red dot buggy on 43s. Like they have the, the most insane partying with them now. Who is that? Your rigs out there partying with them now. Yeah. So the kid is like having a grand old time. He sends me pictures all the time. And he's like, dude, this thing like is so good. Like it, and it works so well. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I was literally a fucking idiot when I was building that thing. Like there's no <laughs> reason there's zero reason that thing should work. But I mean, I've had that thing like 85 degrees climbing rocks with like the suck downs in obviously. And it just goes like, it's just, I don't understand. I, I definitely don't have any of the links, right? I don't have any of the geometry, right? Nothing like wherever shit fit. I just burned it in and didn't even use a tape measure for any of it. <laughs> That's and, uh, <laughs> but if fucking thing just works and works and works. And I mean, in all the years of wheeling it, I literally think I broke a front drive shaft. And that's it. That's all I ever broke in probably five years of wheeling that thing. Uh, I mean, like... Oh, sorry. The, the, the only other thing is, like, fuel pumps and shit like that, but that's just because I externally mounted it like an idiot. Yeah, and like I was about to say, the best compliments I've ever gotten on my rig um, from K-pop I don't agree with everything, but your numbers are good. Yeah. Uh, from Curtis. Holy fuck, this thing's a cheap bitch, but I like <laughs> it. And um, from Timmy. Quit overthinking it. Your numbers are fucking good and just run that thing. I've seen what it can do. Yeah, and that's and, like, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, yeah, you can sit there for fucking days and days and days. Right. But it you're you get it done and you're out wheeling right and yeah you might not be able to do this obstacle or, or this or whatever but you're out there wheeling and it's better than the guy who's had a rig in the garage for three years building yeah. it you know what i mean because by the time he's done with it none master of his friends what was that graham is the master of <laughs> getting the rig out there and wheeling right and that's that's what you always, gotta do yeah. it's it's always the grand plan at the start and then you're like no fuck it i just want to go back out so we're gonna slap it together Quickly, yeah, and, and as right as we can possibly make it, and yeah, it'll it'll work. And, and, and I, I know. Go ahead. I took some of that, and I was surprised by what it can do, and like how well behaved it is on the road. Yeah, yeah, and so that's like the other thing, right? That what kind of a big deciding factor to get rid of my buggy is uh, Jeff Valerie from Eastern. I got pretty close with him, and he was all he had a. Have you ever seen his rig before? Do you know who he is? He's got like that He's CJ. The, guys that ha the green CJ. Was it the green CJ that was on like the 40s that was really clean and length? Yeah. No, it's it's always been leaf sprung. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the guy with the uh, burnt bronze moto medals. I think it might be on a TJ. Oh, yeah, and that's not a, a Cameron or something. Yeah, that rig yeah. also always stuck out to me as a nice rig. Yeah. Uh, um, no, Je Jeff just had... It was literally his... I don't even know how old Jeff is. Like, probably almost 50. It was his daily driver in high school. It was a. It's a YJ... And he's literally had it his whole life, and it's on tons, like Hydro Assist. It's on, I think, KR3s now. Um, and he works in Hartford, and he lives in Glastonbury, and he literally, like, will daily that thing on stickies on the highway to Hartford every day. And 
like he'll go out wheeling all the time like it's just such a actually when we went back for kevin's memorial um i borrowed one of eric's rigs and he brought his buggy up and we wheeled field and forest for three days and like it just does everything so well and he's like buggies are cool but he's like i'd much rather have this thing where i can go on the highway and take my wife and my son out to get ice cream and then go you know, I can't do every trail here, but I can do 95% of them, you know? Yeah. Yep. That right there is why I said, you know what? I'm going to restore my dad's old truck instead of building a buggy. Is My rig is almost at that point. Yeah. And, and honestly, dude, like, I just got burnt out of wheeling. And I know Kev was the same way, and a lot of people do. Like, we were going every weekend or every other weekend, and it it's super fun. And, you know, everyone you go with, it's a blast. But after a couple of years, you're like, I've done every fucking trail here. I've done, you know, I know everyone, like it's time to change it up a little bit, whether that's going back to like, you know, an, an XJ on 33s or it's going to a side-by-side or, or whatever. Um, it just kind of is like the evolution of off-roading, right? You're, you're kind of never happy with what you have and you're always trying to change it. Yeah. Um, the, but the funny thing for me is I'm happy with where I'm at now, but I picked up competitive shooting. And that bug right there is like not quite the same as an RZR, but it's definitely a different path to go down. Right. And my girlfriend wants an RZR now because of the time that we spent at Windrock, or not Windrock, I'm sorry, Harlan uh, mm -hmm. with Graham and, you know, Jason Ramsey and Colin Bates and everything. And she saw the RZRs. She wants to go down that path. So, like, between those hobbies, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I just know that I'm yeah. going to fix my dad's truck and keep my Cherokee. Yeah. And you, like I said, you, you, can get a, you can get a Razor for, you know, 10 or 15 grand and older. You don't need a fucking turboed one and shit like that for trail riding. You know, you don't need to do 100 through the woods. You're going to fucking die <laughs> if you do that. Um, that did, she's going to be the one driving it. I'm not giving up on my Cherokee. Yeah. So, well, dude, they're... They're so fun, right? Like, my new one has, a, like, a full Rockford Fosgate sound system in it. Like, it has navigation. It Bluetooths to my phone. Like, we literally can turn on some fucking Cardi B and go ripping around town and do, like, whatever we need to. And, like, it's just so... We got intercoms in there. You got the cooler in the back. Like, and the thing can do 100 down a dirt road, and you can drive it with one wheel. Like, my new one... It literally has electronic shocks on it, so I can adjust how it rides from my steering wheel. That's insane. That's it has, yeah, yeah, it has electronically electronically controlled um, compression dampening on it, and the new ones have compression and rebound dampening on it, so it's even better. You know, um, that's getting way too fancy for a dude that lives in a single wide. Well, so. I, live in a, I live in a double wide out here, so I mean, I mean, you're twice as fancy right there. That's the Cherokee that I've got to fucking an RZR right there. But uh, no, dude, they're freaking like I said, I, I love rock crawling and stuff like that. And I'll always, you know, I'll have something to go off roading in. That's why we're, we keep her Jeep. Um, but it's just it's so fun. And, and the thing with it is. You can go out with way more people. You can cover way more ground. And out here, that's really what you want to do. You know, back home, there's not a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Like I said, out here, I can go 100. I can do a 115 mile loop, literally from my garage door. Get in the razor, start it, hit the garage door opener, and pull back in at 12:30 at night and go to bed. So, 
you know, I know I've beaten this to death on other podcasts, but for me, the thing that was wild was my time at Harland, where going to Railbed, we did more miles on our Jeeps than we would do in a in full day of wheeling just to go watch some idiots party. Right. And that and that's how it was at Windrock. And it was cool for a little bit, but like once you start riding like that, you want something with music in it. You want something with comfortable seats, with comfortable harnesses, with like some sort of airflow in it and shit like that. And and so, being, you know, mostly full bodied, you still have that, luckily. Yeah. But yeah. Like being a tube buggy, man, it, it yeah, it's fun and you don't really give a shit about it, but it's it's really not practical for like riding out here or you know doing a large quantity of trail riding i don't know if you listen to the podcast where we had brad on um mm -hmm. and we were talking about that but like brad lovell uh not brad lovell um brad from trail trash really really fucking oh, okay. salt of the earth dude but we were talking about it and like I feel like I need to do coilovers up front now. Um, I need to buy a Milwaukee amp, or not an amp, but like a Bluetooth speaker at least, so I can get some radio going on in there, because my whole fucking XJ, the interior's just falling out because it's a Cherokee. And you know what happens when you wheel them. They start vibrating, and to rip yeah. every vibration <laughs> out, you end up with a dashboard, and that's all that's left. Yep. You're lucky that you've got door panels still. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's where my rig's at, but at least I've got the airflow still because I've got, you know, the heater controls and all that. Once I get the up-travel situation figured out up front, I'll be happy with it. But I wouldn't want to do 115 miles off-road in it. I right. couldn't. Right, um, and that's what, like, coming moving out here, right? Like, there's definitely rock crawling still. Like I said, when we first got out here, we got into it a little bit, and... And actually, uh, Eric Swenson and Todd Tomei came out here last winter. They freaking trailer fucking salt of the earth too. Todd's fucking, fucking badass. Dude. They came out here and spent a couple days at my house with me, and we went out crawling in there. So he had his CJ buggy, and Eric brought his new uh, Samurai buggy, that four wheel steer one. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so we did a bunch of trails out here in those, and they said the same thing. They're like this is awesome but if we moved out here these are not like the rigs you want like you want in our i hate to say it but you want like a fucking jk on 42s because that's like the ideal rig right you can have a cooler and you got ac and you got doors and those things are stupid capable yeah um and they're comfortable but yeah and they are right yes because a lot of the stuff i hear is fire roads right like if you're in a stock freaking vehicle, you're just like, you feel the ball joints pushing out of the freaking axles and everything else just rattling apart on them. Um, so if you, if you get like a built vehicle, um, that's just like what you want out here. The AC is the biggest thing, man. Like I can't tell you how many trips we've done in the Jeeps. Like when we are still pretty nude out here where we're trying to drive home on the highway and like, we're literally boiling like a freaking egg. Cause it's just so hot and just not fun, you know? Yeah. So another thing that I noticed was when I put my seats in, suddenly I started packing towels to put down yeah. on those fucking corboos because the corboos oh. are comfortable and they keep you from fucking slamming into the door or into the roll cage, but you fucking soak your ass to them. 
Yep. Yeah, you got a sweaty ass? Yeah. I'm a fat <laughs> kid from New England. What do you expect? <laughs> so it's like another like crazy thing with the razors, right? So like we've always just ran stock seats and you're like, oh, that's good. And you get suspension seats in your rig and you're like, wow, this is fucking awesome. I had suspension seats in my first razor and I'm like, these things are the biggest pieces of shit. <laughs> and like now everything we have has like full carbon fiber seats in it. Cause the issue with suspension seats is once you start going fast is you're literally, you're still moving in the seat. So you're compressing yep. your spine yep. every single time. Uh, I read about in. that with the King of the hammers guys. Yeah. yeah so like seats, I think, right? Yeah, yeah they're all kind of the same. guys had a fucking tailbone fracture from it. Yeah, because so like suspension seats are comfy, right? And you think they're like a huge upgrade, which on a trail rig, they're badass. Yeah, but yeah, but like when you start going fast, dude, like God, those things fucking hurt. Because your you know your harnesses, you want you want you want to hold yourself to that seat to not move, mm -hmm. and that suspension in that seat is keep like letting you move still. Um, oh. I got to ask, like, the reason I like the suspension seats is when, you know, you're doing the dumb shit, it helps to, like, soften the blow from right. when the frame rail hits that boulder that you're coming over, or you go over and you end up on your side, it's like a gentle fall into the side of the seat. Is it right. just the speed that makes it so that it's not why you'd want to have a suspension seat? Um, yeah, so you, I mean, dude, the suspension on these things is so dialed. Like if, if any of you guys ever come out here, I'll have to bring you for a ride. Or if you get the chance to ride in like, oh, like an actual race car or something, you got to go for it. E even like a fully built ultra four car. I mean, you get in one of those things and it's like nothing. You're going to fucking sell everything you own to try to afford one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just such a game changer. Um, and like I said, once I got in my, my first Razor, I was like, this is, I mean, I thought my buggy rode good and it was a fucking piece of shit. You know what I mean? Compared to a stock Razor. Yeah. Um, and just the capability is just so, so high on these things. Um, and you can, and you can only go up, right? So like that new car I bought has that electronic suspension. Um, I got dual rate springs on it and, and a lot of the same stuff that is in rock crawling carries over to the, to racing, um, the razors with, with crossover rings, um, with, you know, shock load with the way the angle of your shocks, where they're mounted, how they're mounted, um, spring rates. And there's just so much of that stuff that goes into it. And on top of that, you have all valving, um, and with internal bypassing, you have all sorts of different valving inside of the shock. Um, degressive pistons and all that kind of stuff you can deal with, which will essentially, if you have a guy that knows what he's doing, you can eliminate like all that chop where you'd want that suspension seat to absorb that little stuff. Um, you can make your suspension absorb all of that, and you could be driving literally one handed down like a super rough road and hardly feel anything. Oh, are you going to be going to King of the Hammers? I, dude, so that's like one thing that I don't know. I'd love to. <laughs> I haven't had any, I don't have time to do any of this shit, right? I freaking moved to Arizona. I haven't even been to fucking Moab yet. Like I wanted to go to Moab my whole life and now I live seven hours from it and I haven't even gone yet. And same with like San Hollow. I have friends that go to San Hollow and I haven't gone yet. I haven't gone to KOH. Um, there's just so like, I want to go out wheeling in New Mexico. Um, By the way, New Mexico is fucking insane. 
Uh, it, that place is so weird, though. El Paso, and the wheeling out there is wild when you're used to New England trail riding. Yeah. But also, what's the closest big city to you without giving away your fucking... Uh, Phoenix okay. is south of me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just, just north of Phoenix, like 45 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, I'm like one of these days. So with the razor, right. Um, we, we go away for the whole weekends and racing. So I ended up buying a toy hauler out here. Um, so I ended up selling another freaking super long story, kind of short. One of my races, we were coming home. I had like an open deck trailer. Some fucking lady T-boned me, totaled my trailer out and like literally cracked the chassis on my razor somehow i don't even know how um broke the sway bar mount off and got all that fixed end up selling my trailer after i got the money for it from her insurance company and buying a toy hauler but, like one of the downfalls to that is i don't have a trailer for the jeep for her jeep anymore um so if it's somewhere we want to go we got to either drive it or like try to borrow a trailer from one of our friends out here or something like that and we only have a couple friends that still like go jeeping out here and when yeah. they go, they go for like a fucking week and I take so much time off for just racing these stupid razors. I can't take like another fucking week off to go jeeping. Yeah. So on a, another side note to that, just let me know when, uh, it's good, but I just looked up the cost of a round trip flight and if it's not around a holiday weekend, it's 280 bucks. So yeah, it's I would be cheap. totally down to go and do some goon shit for a weekend. You guys, you should try to come out here for one of the races. Yeah, like you just have to let me know for two hundred and eighty fucking dollars round yeah. trip. Like I can't. Yeah, that's like a, I can't say no. For me to go back home to Connecticut is a thousand dollars, but for me to fly from Chattanooga to Phoenix is two hundred and eighty bucks. Fuck, that's dude, wild. I can't argue that. Like yeah, I'll, I I'll, have, have to a, I'll have to plan like a good weekend of riding out or something like that and have you come out and we'll put some freaking miles on that thing go with some buddies and camp out for the night or something in the middle of nowhere. As long as you're cool with me drinking some IPAs while we're fucking bouncing around through the desert, I am totally down to, with that because... I'd have to bring you to Glamis, actually. I think that's like the best bang for your buck, dude. Like I said, you will literally fucking shit your pants. I probably like it's, will, and I'm used to fucking feeling <laughs> in New England. Like, it's, like, I just wish everyone could experience it. Like, my girlfriend's parents, they love, like, the razors and stuff like that. They go in them, and we go out trail riding when they're out here. But, like, I just, I want to get everyone to the dunes I can, because it's just such a unique experience. Like, you're, cre- you're driving at race pace, right? So you're doing between, like, 40 and 70 through these sand dunes that are hundreds of feet tall, and you're, you'll be cresting over the top of a dune, and it could be flat, or it could be a 200-foot drop on the other side. <laughs> and you have no idea until half your car is already over it. Yeah. And it's wild. Just, dude, like, it's such an adrenaline rush. And there's, I mean, it's, re- it's really scary out there, right? There's so many people that, like, Thanksgiving, we were out there for the whole weekend. We literally watched a guy pass away right in front of us. Like, he rolled his car, didn't have his helmet on, hit his head in the roll cage, and you know, p- passed away. And, and that's where like all the safety and stuff comes into play. You know, you just don't, don't no. just move your car and not put your harness on or not put yeah. your helmet on and stuff like that. Um, Do you guys run Haas's and all that shit. Like Hans, like Hans devices. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, Hans. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I I don't run that while like trail riding, but all the racing organizations out here they require full fire suits, um, full like Hans devices or next gens or whatever, some sort of neck restraint, um, fire shoes. We have auto fire suppression systems in all of our cars. Um, we have, you know, full face helmets, we have intercoms, we have window nets and like, I mean, literally the best of the best is what you run for safety, right? It's not worth getting, I I rolled 35 times and I was literally perfectly fucking fine. I finished the race. You know what? Go roll a Cherokee 35 times and then fucking put it in dry. Right. Right. That's going to be a hard pass. Yeah. You know, you want to spend the money on safe reliable stuff you know like a lot of the rock crawling i always tried to get away cheap and you're like oh you know you're wearing fucking sneakers and shorts and shit like that and it's not that big of a deal um but when you're doing dudes get fucking burned up from wearing uh you know sweatpants while fucking wheeling and having a fire in the cabin yeah I might yeah, be a dickhead, but I at least wear jeans when I go wheeling or wear cotton pants just for that reason. It sounds like it's stupid, but, you know, there is a little thought process behind that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and actually down near you, um, have you guys listened to the um, Total Off-Road podcast before with Steve and Ian? Yeah, a few times. From time to time. Yeah, so, so the guy... Um, I don't know. You probably didn't listen to it, but there was a guy racing a razor at the SRS series um, that his whole car lit up and he was in the hospital for a while um, with some pretty bad burns and everything. He's out of Chattanooga. So yeah, to me, um, that was, uh, what was it? It wasn't West Keene, but uh, no, I think, I I think it may have been West Keene. That sounds right. All right. Well, my coworker who I would like to have on the podcast is into the SRRS, um, but with razors, he just mm-hmm. built a one-seater buggy out of his uh, Turbo Series razor on 35 Swampers um, yep. and all that shit, but he's way into that, and like they take their safety shit stupidly seriously because of that, and yeah. he... You know, you said $5,300. He spent $2,400 on a 10-gallon fuel cell for that thing. Yeah. Like, it's wild. And, like, I was, you know, I know we've talked about it before, but I'm a machinist. I was doing his, um, instead of having, like, you know, the normal Razor steering wheel, he went for one of the quick detach Yep, because this dude is six foot two and 290 pounds, a southern boy. So we had to build him a uh, quick detach setup. So we machined Mm -hmm. it out of aluminum just so he could have a standard vehicle style uh, quick detach steering wheel so he could throw it out of the vehicle if he had to get out. Right. Um, And the amount of stuff that they do just to make it so that you can get in and out of those vehicles is insane when you're used to the rock crawling background. Right. And that's what, like, I, I like the safety aspect of it. And a lot of people just like rock crawl and they're like, I'm not wearing a fucking helmet. I'm not doing this. And I was like, dude, we're doing, we're, they're so capable and they're so fast. Like literally in a split second, that thing can be on its, yeah, that thing can be on its lid and you're leaking gas, you know, on your back and it's, and it's up in the 
I rolled my shitbox for the first time, and I had shitty harnesses. I had a black and blue imprint of my cage in my side with a spinal issue that yeah. didn't get resolved until I went to the chiropractor and was at work and, like, fucking... It finally just cracked itself free, but I was hurting for a solid three weeks after one rollover with shitty harnesses and factory seats. They were yeah. shitty. That it was Corbu's. were shitty. Yeah, but I learned from that, and after I learned from that, it was Corbu's with PRP five points. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's, it's definitely, like, I never really considered or gave a shit about safety you know, in New England with rock crawling and stuff like that. And once you see how bad you can get fucked up or, or whatever, you know, it's so worth the money to invest in, like you said, three inch harnesses. And I was at the great American Jeep rally or uh, go topless day. I forget which one it was. And I was fucking around literally outside of the parking lot, like at the edge of the parking lot on a fucking rock ledge. And I flopped my shit and I was fucked up for three weeks because yeah. I didn't have any of the good safety shit that goes with it. Yep. You know, I can't imagine what a 35 roll incident at 75 miles an hour is going to feel like. I wouldn't want to experience that in my rig because like you said, my Cherokee wouldn't deal with that. And I've got a stupid Cherokee. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. safety. Safety is the fucking once you you know, grow up a little bit, you realize it's worth investing a little bit of money. And I mean, not saying you need to wear a freaking fire suit or anything while you're out rock crawling, but you just got to use some common sense and shit. Yeah. But like, because I'm into the tactical shooting and the shooting competition side of things, mm -hmm. I'm ending up with a bump helmet. Why not wear the fucking bump helmet that I use for shooting night competitions while I'm in the Cherokee? It's yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I already own it. What the fuck? Right. You're being an idiot right. if you don't. Yep. Yeah, it takes one... Like you said, even... You take a, a corner wrong and you hit a freaking herb, right? And you bounce up in your seat and you fucking crack your head in the roll cage. Well, yeah. who the fuck knows what that can actually do to you? You know what I mean? You might be fine and rub your head and say, fuck, that hurt. Or you get a damn concussion if you hit your head just the right way, you know? Yep. Funny story about that. When I was getting into it, Kish can attest to this... I got a concussion senior year um, from Ma Bell. I was coming down and I had my head out the window with the window half rolled down and I bounced off of the window into the top of the window. And I didn't think anything of it, but I had a, excuse me, really bad headache. I went to the doctor for it and he's like, dude, you have a concussion. You can't sleep Jesus. for like four hours. And, like, I drove home with a concussion, not knowing that I had a concussion. Right. And well, just, yeah, what about hit my head. What about the time uh, at Mile Marker 2, I jokingly put on one of my helmets so it was in the back of the Cherokee. Oh, for you I to then... It? Yeah, for you to then jump the <laughs> Cherokee, leaving a fucking dent in the ceiling from my head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've ever been my down mile marker two. What um, even is that? So there's a road called Old Pottsville Road, which is a class six road, and we always called it mile marker two. Mm -hmm. But there's a couple of sections on there where there's probably a seventy five degree six foot tall ledge. Okay. Not anything crazy. Right. But 
I launched it in first gear and banged it into second gear with the interlock disabled in my Jeep. I had a switch uh, that would shut the TCM off so you could manually shift it in first, second, third. So okay. I did that. I banged it into second and I hit that at about 20 miles an hour and we got about three to four feet of air under the rear axle. And on the descent, he slammed his head into the roof so hard that it like left an impression in the sheet metal of the roof because yeah, with the helmet on. With the yeah, helmet yeah. on. <laughs> I jokingly put the helmet on because I hopped out of the Jeep. I'm like, hey guys, watch this shit. Yeah, it's put the helmet on right. and then he launches it. Yep. Yeah. Oh my and like gosh. It was bad. Like, I landed from that, and I felt the impression of the shitty Cherokee seats, or the shitty TJ seats, whatever they were, in my ass for a solid fucking week and a half. Oh my god. Uh, but that's the shit that you do when you, you know, you're 18, 19, and you think that there's nothing that can go wrong, and my Dana 44 is badass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've all been there and done that. Um. Yep. You know, and it's it's really funny when, like, talking with you about this shit where we're talking about the Han safety systems or the safety first and the fire suits and all that. When I remember first meeting you, you were building that blue truggy and you yep. still had swamp ass. That thing's still sitting at my parents' house. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's on cinder blocks. I'm, like, literally trying to give that thing away and no one fucking even wants it. Not like it's worth anything, but figure something out. Yeah, <laughs> you have to take all the mouse shit that's in it, though. You can't leave that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like the only thing I have left, pretty much, besides all the other like parts in the shed and stuff like that. But all the other vehicle, actually, I think there's a like a panel van or some shit there, maybe still. But you remember that Kingpin sixty you had and the cut down ten five you had. Yeah, actually, I just sold that 10-5, Dave Smiley, or one of his friends, or Somley, whatever his name is, when building that badass Bricknose Ford. Yep. You know who that is? Uh, he just, I don't know if he bought it, or one of his buddies bought it, or something. Oh, um, what the fuck was that kid's name? I worked with him at Clydell. He used to know you, and I can't remember his fucking name, but he had the TJ with uh, Do It For Steve Oaks. It was a silver Oh, 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 uh, uh, Dave. Oh God, Dave. that kid was Dave. a fucking who? Good he fucking is, kid. He so that's like a typical wheeling story, right? That kid is like in the like lowered Civics and shit. And do you know Mike Kalo? He had yeah. the blue TJ. So I met Mike that same that same Beehive trip, my first trip ever. And me and Mike were like super good friends still to this day. And Dave was really good friends with Mike. He came out wheeling with us once and he's like, this is fucking sweet. He bought a TJ and I think it was a four oh. I was working with him at uh, Clydell at that time. Yeah. And he, he bought that thing and he's like, oh, I'm going to go out wheeling with you guys. Went out wheeling once and just got bit by the bug so hard. And he called me like two weeks later. He was at four wheel parts in like Pennsylvania or some shit. And he spent like seven grand there on stuff for his Jeep. Like <laughs> he bought three That's inch awesome. kit and bumpers and rims and tires and like a bolt and roll cage and an exhaust system and like all this shit. 
And so we put it on and I wheeled with him quite a bit. The three of us would go do, um, what's that one in like Sandsfield mass? You know, those trails uh, up mile there? marker two. That was the trails that we were talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to go up there a whole bunch. Um, that guy built that house, like on the entranceway. Um, yeah. We, yeah. Ended up, yeah. We, ended up, we ended up meeting him at that bar. I can't remember the name of it is. Uh, MK talkers. Yeah. Yep. We got so drunk we, there so many fucking times, dude. <laughs> so we end up meeting that guy at MJ Tucker's because, like, Nova or is it Nova? No, no. What the hell's the community thing no. back there? Novak? No, not Novak. Um, I've I can't even remember. Isn't yeah, not Nova? Anyways, they were like all you know. No one really knew how to get in there because it was on that guy's property. And I am talking to the guy, and he's like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Just cut through my yard. He's like, just don't do any burnouts or drive like assholes. He's like, you guys can still use that or do whatever. So we end up going up there all the time, and the dude was, like, out there chopping lumber and waving. He's like, let me know if you break something. I'll bring my bulldozer out there and pull you out or whatever. But <laughs> oh, I used to, So, Tyler. Yep. Um, put, put in perspective, that guy's house is built at the mile marker two entrance to the trail. Oh, and that's why we okay. always called it that because right sense. across, literally across the street from his driveway is the mile marker two sign. Yes. Yeah, that's how we always remembered the right place to go in because there was at mile marker one and a half and at mile marker three logging road entrances that would not connect to old Pottsville road, which right. was class six. So we would right. always call it mile marker two because you had to go in at mile marker two. That makes to sense. Connect to Pottsville Road. Did you guys ever do the? I guess, why can I not remember what the big organization that like Eastern and all the clubs are in? The uh, NEA. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. The. <laughs> you guys ever do the the property? Um, I think it's Sawmill. That's just just north of there or just south of there. I never made it to Sawmill, but no. I wheeled just the, about every one, other yeah, property. The one guy who did uh, is sick. He's not here. Cody oh, okay. has been there. Yeah, that, that, place is pretty, that place is pretty cool. I don't think we can go there. Well, I can't go there anymore for sure, but I don't think like clubs can go they there anymore. They were just doing some trips there a little while ago. Oh, okay. I, kn- there, I knew it was for sale. There's two of them now. There's two of them now. Depends on... Oh, there are. there's two Sawmills? Yeah, there's two different sawmills. One is good. One, from what I've heard, is not as good. Yeah, it's huh. more. It's not a. Uh, there's not really obstacles, from what I understand. Yeah. But did you guys yeah. ever go to like? Sorry, go ahead. I think there. I think it's split in two. I think there's a river or something, and you can't. You can't go across the stream or the river or whatever. Yeah. That is during certain. Yeah, seasons. I know. So I know last time. Last time we were up there, the guy was, like, selling parts of the property. Uh, okay. Oh, that might have been it. Yeah. Uh, um, did you ever get to go to Battlegrounds? Battlegrounds? No, I, di- I Honestly, dude, I, I, I kind of just stayed on our own property. Like, I did Badlands a whole bunch. Um, oh, I, dude, I, I'm I did most myself. of them, but just not the newer ones. I'm kicking myself so hard, because Kevin... Invited me to Crazy Eights while I was finishing my roll cage. And my roll cage wasn't quite done, so I was going to the shop that weekend to finish it. Mm -hmm. And if I could have known what I know now, I would have just fucking taken the Jeep 
and not cared about the yeah. fact that the C pillar wasn't totally done. Right. Because that property is so hard to get onto now. It's it's not that hard. I mean, kind of stinks, right? Not- so Kevin was kind of like, he kind of took over my position once I left as president. It was kind of keeping everything going. Yep. Um, but just everyone is, you know, Jeff kind of took back over, but he's got a full family now and he works a freaking ton and no one really stepped up from the club to, to kind of fulfill Kev's position. Um, so I don't think they're doing as much wheeling as they would like to, or they used to, but in all reality, dude, there's so many like rockaholics and all them. There's so many clubs that are booming. If you want to go wheel, you can message Mike dude. or literally anyone on the East Coast, and you can wheel every fucking weekend if you want to. And you don't even really have to be in a club, you know. No, as long as you, you know the right people, you can just right. Go. And, and everyone's super nice, right? If someone listens to this and they're like, "Oh, I'm on the East Coast and I want to go," you know, rock crawling, they can literally message anyone, and yep. you um, you might not be wheeling, but someone you know is going to be going out that weekend, and you you know hook them together, and then they have the best time of their freaking life. Yep. We just had a prospect, or I should say. Maybe not we, but uh, Backyard Built just had a prospect run to Ma Bell. What was it? Three weeks ago now? Yeah. Um, Something like yeah. that. And they had a bunch of people on like 33s and 35s up at Ma Bell. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a, just a bunch of stock kind of shit with 35s, but it was a blast because, you know, there were Dana 30s exploding. Somebody blew a Dana oh, 35. Yeah. It's just like stupid shit, but it's, uh, it's always a. Even that's fun. Like, my shit's broken. That, All the usual crew wasn't really there. We were kind of just watching. And uh, hey, I'm sorry I moved to better myself. It's uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a riot. It's like I, before, stuff. Yeah. Before I moved, I started doing that. The last Jeep I bought, um, I bought it off like some dude in Waterbury who had no idea what it was. It was on offer up for like three grand or something. I'm looking at the pictures and I was like. That thing's got fucking Dana 44s underneath it. Damn. So I went and looked at it, and it was like the most built TJ that looked stock. Like, I think it had like a four inch. It had Annie Rocks on it. It had Dana 44s. It had 488s. Oh, so it had yeah. Detroit's. Like, the dude literally had no idea what it was. And he's like, yeah, man, like just ticks and stuff. <laughs> and I got it, and. I literally just put a new exhaust manifold on it because it was cracked like every other Wrangler in the world. Yeah, and I drove every that thing for four liter so, in the world. Well, it was a two five. I like to buy good okay. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, no argument there. <laughs> no, they're they're honestly, I freaking love those two fives. I've had probably fifteen two five Wranglers in my life, and they're just like little. Yeah, you can't go on the highway and stuff like that very much with them, but they're freaking awesome for the price you pay for them. Um, but yeah, I bought that four thing. liter number four in this Jeep. So I've never blown a two five, but I probably don't have as many miles as you have on that thing. But, um, when I got that thing, I started doing like, it was overbuilt for what I was doing, but I still started doing a lot of like the stalker runs and stuff, leading them at like brokerage and everything. Yep. And man, that was so much fun. Cause like you get the new guys out there who literally don't even know how to turn their lockers on. Like it's kind of frustrating at first, but then once you get over it, you're like, it's kind of fun, like bringing people out here and, you know, letting them experience like what their vehicle can do. Cause people are just blown away with what like a bone stock JKU can do, you know? Yeah. And even like these see- guys, it's like, um, it's like, Oh, if you had a locker, like trying to sell them on the front locker and, you know, 
getting guys yeah. sort of you just getting them that first step because yep. you know, the front locker for me and I think we even talked about it this is like way back on the podcast we talked about um you know, like the the stuff that gave you the most bang for your buck on your buck. on your jeep or whatever uh you know it's just you know you're waiting for them to make that decision the right decision to you know just get them totally hooked because it's one thing yeah. you'll open open and you know it's eh, it's not doing great then you know, to you get the locker and have the wheels hook up and just go you don't even have to do anything and that's like the funny thing that when i was into the mud trucks and stuff right i mean i was going to all sorts of mud bogs and i didn't even know what a locker was back then like i never needed a winch i didn't need it like never knew what a, i knew what a roll cage was but i like never even considered any of that kind of stuff yeah. when i get into rock crawling i'm like why does no like why did no kids know what a locker is because that would have helped me so much in the mud when literally this one tire was stuck on a stump and i couldn't go anywhere because it was just spinning yep <laughs> but yeah it's it's the progression is crazy and it's it, it kind of stinks because it seems like so many people that are getting into the sport now are like jumping right into it and kind of going over the whole like you know, open, open, or they go to 33s and then they go to 35s in the locker and then they do, you know, a four inch lift instead of a three inch lift and stuff like that. Yep. Um, so they kind of bypass a lot of that, you know, they'll, they're buying a fully built freaking LS buggy on stickies and stuff like that, which is great. But like literally half the fun of wheeling is kind of growing with your vehicles and, and learning them as you go along, you know, you know, and when you bring that up, it's kind of, it's bittersweet for me because I have the vehicle that I dreamed about in high school, a two-door manual five-speed Cherokee on one ton, so the four-link and a three-link. But I sometimes look back on the times where I had 35s and my three-link, and Graham can attest to this. This rig was just dumb then because I would put it in spots oh, it that so it should well. not It wasn't been. fat. It was just this humble yeah. little Cherokee that... You know, it was you know, all the shortcomings of Ducky were not there. So now we could actually drive the thing. You had lockers. That was probably its. Uh, I mean, it's in a pretty good spot right now. But that was my favorite phase of that Jeep. I think. Did you ever? Do you ever see that white Cherokee I had for a little bit? It came from Steve Oaks, actually. Eater. That Dude, thing it was, was so it was such clapped. A piece. It was mm-hmm. so clapped, but that thing. I, I don't even know. I think it was welded in the rear. We put like a lock right in the front of it on like the baldest 36 inch, whatever the fuck they were. And that thing would literally like be behind my buggy all day long. Like, and I think every one of my friends had like 300 miles in that thing. Like they would just wheel it and wheel it and wheel it <laughs> and it would break something here or there. But goddamn, like that thing, it's so fun when they're, you know, on 35s in a locker or two, and, you know, you're not too worried about body damage, and you just have, like, a good group of friends you're out wheeling with. There's, like, not much that beats it. Yeah. You know, I'm, that first I'm pretty, season for me. I'm pretty I'm sure, Tyler, one of the times that me and Luke went over to your place uh, in Burlington here to uh, get axles, someone was actually working on that thing. Yeah, there was... Like I said, like almost all my friends, like quote unquote, own that thing. I don't think I actually got a penny any time it got sold, any <laughs> of it. But they all like owned it at one point somehow and would work on it and put like one out of four shocks on it and then go wheel it. And 
Yeah, like, it was just, just it was just the most ridiculous dope. thing. Yeah. What was the name of that kid that used to hang out with you that had the? I think it was a six five. Uh, case oh, Nick. 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 Yeah, Colton. that guy, that kid was cool. He was yeah, fun. He was he was all right. I I hung out with. Do you guys remember Alex? He had that fucking lime green, ugly ass second gen with the fucking whale dick stacks out of the bed. Yep. I used to hang out with him all the time, and uh, he had that Jeep for a while, and uh, he probably he probably wheeled with me the most out of all of them. Like, freak, literally, it was every weekend, pretty much. We were in the summer, we were up in Vermont or Mass or something, putting miles in that thing. But no, oh, they're freaking good. Did you ever see that van that we had? That yeah. cabin chassis van that I put on forties. It was really two wheel drive. <laughs> No. Yeah, that thing was fun. I bought it for the. I had that like utility body camper thing I built, and uh, it was the body. I bought the whole vehicle for just the body on it, and then it was we were driving it around with like just on the frame rails, and it was a cabin chassis, so it literally had like no back. Right, it was like just the seats and the air was behind you, and that was it. And we had like an extra set of forties, and we just bolted them on the back, and literally just would hold that thing while it had the worst rod knock ever. And we would just hold it floored through the woods, like until your kidneys literally couldn't even like hold you anymore. And you're ready to throw up. <laughs> I think it was a, fr- it's, that's one still at my house. I'm pretty sure for like five years, it's been sitting in the woods. <laughs> when you guys first got that, you were talking about taking the body off of it. And then you were going to take the, I think it was the LS out of it and the cabin chassis 14 bolt. And that yeah, rapidly all, all that degraded. Went, all that went to that went to Nick, and I don't even know whatever actually happened to any of that. Um, but yeah, that's like the one last vehicle that's left in there. But I mean, over over the years, I don't, I can't remember how long I've known you for, but at my parents' house, dude, I probably had probably seventy to eighty vehicles in and out of there when I lived there. Twenty fourteen is twenty fifteen is when we met you somewhere in there. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was. Do you do you guys know who Cody is? That motherfucker used to live up near Sandsfield. Cody Kilmer or whatever his name is. We know who <laughs> Kilmer is. Yeah. So so I I actually like I I must have been in high school still or no it was after I graduated college. Um, I got kind of not close to him, but I started working with him a lot, towing all of his fucking junk around the states and picking him up. And uh, man, I brought home so much junk when I was working with him. I after work and. You know, however many hours a day I'd get in my truck and go to wherever the fuck you just bought a beat up Comanche from and tow it to his house for him and then drive all the way home. So that kid was involved with Graham getting his J20. Yeah, so that yellow, I've got a yellow J20. Oh, I the dump, want the dump bed. Yeah. I literally picked that thing up for, for him. <laughs> I, I winced that thing onto my trailer That's and winced it off at his house. Ugh. Yeah, so that thing had like a quote-unquote fully built motor in oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, I know all and, the fucking quirks now. Oh, yeah. He he got it home and he's like, dude, the fucking thing was... I'm pretty sure like the main bearings were rusted solid in it or some shit. And the dude sold it to him as it had like this fully built... I don't even remember what for motor was in it. A 304 or something? Uh, I mean, it's got a 360 now. I don't know. I don't know what's oh, been done. No, it was it was it was a 360. Okay. But yeah, and then he had like one of his buddies rebuild the whole thing, and they painted it. Kevin. And also, <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Yeah, Far- it's, 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 it's,
it's a basket case. You know, there's some. When I got it, it was an absolute nightmare. I've been slowly unfucking it. The manifold still will not stay tight. It rattles and loose. I don't know what's going on. The EFI like barely worked. The thing was running. I have pictures of the headers glowing because the timing was so fucking off that it just. I don't even know how it stayed. I don't know how they even drove the thing because it was just instantly overheated. Is that a Phytech system on that? Uh, it's the Holly Sniper. Oh, okay. Wow. And uh, the O2 sensor, they literally used... It comes with that stupid gasket plate that you can <laughs> clamp down. Oh, well, they did yeah. that. But the gasket got all fucked up, so they welded, like, half of it, which doesn't oh work. God. You can't weld half of the... Ga- like, I mean... That's so funny. That's hilarious. for effort. Like, now. you tried, but... So... Yeah, I don't know. It's... I don't care what happens to that motor. I'm gonna throw something else in there if it blows up. But I'm. What are you using it for? I'm just driving it. It's just a driver right now. Oh, right on. Does it have like heat and stuff? I fixed the heat. It didn't have heat to start. Oh my Uh, gosh! Didn't he have that thing posted? Didn't he have that thing posted for like twenty grand? No, it wasn't twenty. I got it for five. Oh. Oh, And I mean, honestly, it did run and drive, and I probably could have drove it home. And it's really the frame's in pretty decent shape, so. And it's I definitely like okay unique. Deal. Yeah, it's it's it, definitely it, a eye catcher. It's you know you don't see very many yellow dump truck fucking jeep things. It's uh, I actually I bought a uh, what the hell did I buy out here? A se- I had a seventy nine Cherokee Chief out here for a little bit that I bought. That thing was with a three sixty and forty fours and everything. That thing was freaking sweet. Yeah, they're they're just fun. It's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, they're a good time. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a different kind it's, of fun from the shitty Cherokees and rock crawler stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun driving old shit around for sure. You hit. You oh. feel every fucking bump. It's. It's. Oh yeah. <laughs> the thing drives yeah. like an absolute brick. It's, it's. It's not lifted or anything, right? It's like all stock, pretty much. So it is. I don't think there's any suspension changes, but it's the cab is actually on a body lift because the way they mounted the. Uh, the dump bed, it sits higher. Oh, so I needed right. to lift the cab to match the body lines. But other than that, gotcha. it's I think it's stock. Gotcha. Right on. All right. Well, uh, we're over the our two and a half hour mark. And I think I was gonna say, I was at a pretty good that. point to, to knock it here. So uh, any closing thoughts, Luke? Richie? Um, just said it was a pleasure, Tyler. Yeah, this has been fun. Absolutely. Our past few have been a little shorter. We've had some shorter ones, so it's refreshing doing a, you know, another two and a half hour. It's crazy how fast two and a half hours goes, man. There's like a thousand things I was halfway started saying and we <laughs> moved on. No, I mean, if you've got more to talk about, we could definitely have you back it's, on. This is a riot. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we have a welcome tradition. to the world of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have oh, a so, tradition at this point of we'll have a guest on and we'll do their introductory episode and then we'll have another week where we're running slow on stuff to talk about. And we'll be like, hey, you want to come on? And we'll end up with another two-hour episode of shooting the shit and talking about all the shit that we missed on the last episode. Yeah. Okay, well, let's wrap the podcast here. Luke, do you want to, you got a closing statement for us? Usually you come up with those. 
Alright, so in this case, uh, don't skimp out on your safety because sometimes when you let a rock crawler behind the wheel of an RZR with 200 horsepower and like half the weight, you end up rolling 35 times. <laughs> and make sure that you uh, click that like, subscribe, and pass this along to your friends and lock oh, the God. gate behind you.